Carlos Reyes. Welcome to the All In Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur out of Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, you're in for quite a treat today. My, I got my business partner here, Mr. Sal Shakir. What's up, guys? My name is Sal Shakir. I'm a serial entrepreneur out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a Catholic from Iraq, an immigrant, that's right, alongside with my business partners here. Yeah, Alex Sines, 22-year-old real estate entrepreneur, uh, started uh, at 18 years old, uh, uh, brand new, living at a trailer park, and over the last four years, I've accomplished things in entrepreneurship that I could only have dreamed of. So, you guys are in for a, a real special treat today. I'm I'm really excited uh, for today's podcast. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I don't know if you guys know who this Super Saiyan is here, right? This is Mr. Charlie Rocket Jabali, and um, man, you guys are in for quite a treat. I mean, it's been a treat since I picked him up from the airport. You That's know, crazy. We've been, we've been talking things that uh, is just completely outside the box and. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we absolutely, absolutely love. As entrepreneurs, people say that we're a little crazy, and, I mean, there's some truth to that, right? So, Mr. Charlie Rocket, man, thank you so much for being here, brother. All man, right? thank, thank you, man. you. Thank you, bro. When you were doing your intro, when I heard cereal and I heard treat made me hungry. Um, brother, <laughs> man, we both we both have similar stories with our granddads, who was our crazy. best friends that we both call Jiddy and Jiddu. <laughs> and, brother, you said you accomplished a lot? Bro. Your hairline is an accomplishment, bro. <laughs> that is the cleanest haircut I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Brad, yeah, straight from the barbershop right bro, now. Bro, you look clean, brother. I appreciate that, bro. All love. All love. Thanks for having yeah. me on, guys. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, this has been uh, this has been long overdue. You know, my Absolutely. our good friend Aaron Lewis uh, about six to eight months ago said, "Hey, you guys got to check this dude out." You know, he's so oh, he's always sending us just special, unique individuals, right? That kind of think outside the box. And uh, we kind of came on to you six to eight months ago, man. And then, you know, he started falling really hard. And then we started really digging and, and, and vibing with what you had going on. And we were like, man, we got to get, you know, we got to see what's going on with this guy. He, he, he thinks outside the box. He completely let go of one thing to start working on another thing. And, uh, you know, you made a complete 180, right? And uh, your Absolutely. life is, is just wonderful now, right? I'm living in a dream. Living in a dream. It, it wasn't always this way. Yeah. It was. We were just talking about in the Sprinter van what like life used to be like, and we were talking about you know brain tumors and hit the hip hop business and getting shot at yeah. and all sorts of just crazy stuff. So it's it's a blessing to be here with you guys, um, even to be around y'all's energy. Like in the car, we were talking about quantum physics, and we even experienced one of the craziest things ever. Yeah. Like I know we're going to probably get into this in the show, but like. When we, when I, warning for anybody listening, when I'm saying like quantum, I'm really meaning like alignment and energy and like the serendipitous stuff. And we're in the car and we were talking about Phoenix, Arizona. And when I biked across America, I pulled up into Phoenix the day the school teachers got off a strike because they did the red for Ed. Red for Ed. Yeah. So, I'm like doing all this charity stuff as I'm biking across America. So we're in there painting a school and we found out about this one preschool teacher who had breast cancer. I saw it on uh, Fox 10. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. But this is what it gets crazy. It yeah. gets crazy. I don't even think you know. He might he doesn't know. He, you don't he even doesn't know. know. No, not, not, the not crazy this, part is about this. That's crazy. Yeah, he doesn't know. So we found this one school. We found this one teacher. She had breast cancer. She could not pay her mortgage. She could not pay her medical bills, and she didn't have a car to be able to go see her family in California. Wow. And the teachers aren't getting paid. One, the teachers are already getting paid like $18,000 yeah. a year. 
Like yeah. they're having to like Super be roommates with their sisters. Yeah. Like at age fifty. Like it's crazy. Man. So we found this teacher and we're like, you know what? We're gonna make some phone calls. I called this guy named Eamon Hariri, and he owns a company called Vero. And I was like, here's the situation. He said, All right, we're not just gonna help her, we're gonna fix the problem. We'll pay off her mortgage so she never has to worry about paying for a house again in wow. her life. We'll pay off her medical bills Amazing. completely, like $90,000 worth of medical bills. And we're going to buy her a new um, minivan. Yeah. Wow. That school we came to, we surprised the teacher in the classroom. Fox, all the news outlets yeah. were there. And that was your daughter's classroom. And she was in it. And Desert we just Mirage. found that out yeah. today. Desert Mirage. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. We're yeah, talking yeah. to his wife. Yeah, I, and... put, I put her on the phone. I put Vanessa on the phone. And because, you know, because I'm like, Desert Mirage. I'm like, wait a minute. That's where MJ, my, you know, my six-year-old now, a seven-year-old now, that's where she went to school. Wow. And I'm like, hold on. Let me let me check. That's the same school. <laughs> you know, which is really bad of me not to know, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then I call her. I put her on speaker. I said, Hey babe, uh, what what school did MJ go to? Preschool, uh, kindergarten, and first grade. She's like Desert Mirage. Why? And then uh, he goes, Oh, because Charlie, you know, helped out this teacher over there. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember all that. That went down, you know, and like she knew exactly what he was talking about. That's crazy. But wow. it, we didn't. It she didn't know that was Charlie, right? Mm -mm. No, mm -mm. That's no, crazy. no, had no clue. And we were talking. We we're like, you, you'll probably hit the lottery ten times. Before, Before the odds of that happening, right? Mm -hmm. My daughter being in that class there's with only, that teacher. There's only 15 kids in the class. Yeah. And crazy. it's just crazy how this synergy links up. You know man. you know what? Like, what's going through my mind is like, I, I don't, I'm starting to find things like that not surprising anymore. Ah, it's just like, right. it's like flowing. That's right. And, uh. Although it is, it's, it's, it is very, like, it's, still it's quite, it's still entertaining, it's entertaining but, but at the same surprising. time, it's like, okay, that it's very, like, it's not surprising, but. Now, when I feel that way, it's like it makes me more excited for what's to come because if something like that can happen, like anything can happen. That's right. Yeah. Everything. Everything can and happen. Anything can happen. That's right, man. Yeah. Can we uh can we take uh can we take a little bit? Can we share some of this already so we can start getting our, our yeah. audience in here, right? Let's start sharing this a little bit, and uh, and then we'll jump full force into. Let me turn my phone back on so I can share it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I didn't. I couldn't find you on Facebook. I don't really use Facebook. No. Yeah. Well, you're kind of. I'm on there. You're you're kind of getting off the grid, and we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get in. You're getting a little bit off the grid, and we'll get into all that, right? But um, yeah, let me let me share this so our audience knows. You know, our so our audience consists of a bunch of young entrepreneurs, up and coming hustlers. You know, mm -hmm. who are who are trying to you know beat beat all the odds. You know, yeah. go from you know go go from I guess go from racks to riches. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And um and then we have a mixture of already established, you know, entrepreneurs that are doing pretty well. Uh I feel like, you know, we can definitely touch both sides. Let's so yeah, I'm gonna share this. Um yep, must watch. Share now. And then guys, if you don't mind, let's take one minute. Uh one minute to actually go ahead and share this with like all the groups that you know that you guys normally do that. Thank you for all the support, by the way. Thank you guys so much. We absolutely love you guys. You guys show so much love, and hopefully, you know, in return, we're showing you the same amount of love, you know, if not more, you know. So please share this with all the groups. Let people know today's session, today's podcast is going to be insane. For all you uh, Apple uh, iTunes listeners out there, thank you so much. Five stars on Apple, uh, close to 200 reviews on there already. 
Uh, we're only in episode, what, 29? And, I mean, this is crazy, right? So this thing is is really taking off, and, you know, we're very grateful for you guys. All right, so. You ready? Yeah, let's get to it. Where are the questions? Let's do this. Because I, I mean, we were, I was busy picking them yeah, up. Yeah, no, let, let, I, I think, guys... I think what's, what's, uh. I think for a lot of people, uh, I think they want to know like who who is Charlie uh, Charlie Rocket mm-hmm. and uh, and like how did you grow up? You know where, where well, did that childhood why, why come Rocket? from? <laughs> why Rocket? Why Rocket? I don't I don't specifically know that. Okay, so I believe in this inner child identity imagination thing. So I I really believe in law of attraction, like right. to the point where I'll go dress up as something and give myself a name in order to become it. So when I was eight years old, my my dream was to be an athlete, but I was always overweight my whole life. So I said, okay, I need something I could be good at, something that was more realistic because yeah. being an athlete for me. A different me, vehicle. Different vehicle. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, my grandfather was cool and he was a vacuum cleaner salesman, so he was like a businessman. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to be a businessman like my grandfather. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be CEO Charlie. And I replaced, you know, my my backpack with a briefcase mm. and I would wear a suit mm. to school mm. and I would like own it. Like, mm. no, nah, I'm going I'm to be I'm going to be rich one day. And this is my name, CEO Charlie. And this is my kit, CEO Charlie. Was your Instagram name ever CEO Charlie? Oh, yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. OK. Back in the day, back in the music days. Yeah. <laughs> so I became the successful businessman. So when it was time for me to autocorrect, and we'll go through the story, but with the brain tumor and being 300 pounds, and I was like, I'm going to go back to my dream. I said, you know what? If this worked with CEO Charlie, it'll work with being a rocket. It'll work with being an athlete. And I want to be fast. I want to be a rocket. I want to be Charlie Rocket. And so I would dress up like an athlete. I changed my whole outfit. I changed my whole identity. And I told everybody, I'm Charlie Rocket now. Even though I was 300 pounds, no, I'm an athlete now. And I became it. And I picked a rocket because anybody who says, take off like a rocket uh-huh. and think it's fast, they're lying. No rocket takes off fast. That thing starts off so slow. Law of 62. There, there we go. Yeah. So it's, it's 62 miles to outer space. Only 62 miles to outer space. Wow, that's nothing. It's nothing, yeah. right? But the first mile is the slowest and the hardest. And I was like, just because I'm slow at the start doesn't mean I'm not a rocket. I'm still a rocket because all rockets start off slow. So we're all rockets in our businesses when they're starting off slow. That's right. You're still a rocket because rockets start off slow. And then they just go crazy. Then it gets to a point where only 62 miles away, it gets effortless. Gravity free and momentum takes you without any effort. Wow. Just got to keep pushing until we hit that 62 miles. In any aspect, right? That's right. Health, business, athletics, everything. How close are you to the outer space right now? To your outer space? To your 62 miles? (sighs) That's a good good question. You know... I think I think I'm at I, I think I'm at, at at mile 31. I think okay. I'm halfway there. I'm 31 years old. I have gotten to a point in my life where I've made it through the fire. I've made it through most most of the tough gravity mm-hmm. in my life. And when I get to mile 62, I'll probably have a legacy, a true true legacy on this earth, and that's what I consider my outer space. I believe it. I can I can feel it. I mean, you're 
guys, if you're watching this or listening to this, like there's the diff, there's some kind of like energy and or aura yeah. over here. Like you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Like my man Charlie sure. over here, like you're just vibing good don't, energy. Don't, don't touch him, you might faint. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I might right. You might just, just <laughs> it is insane how, so how let, uh, let's uh, pick let, him up. Let's backtrack a little. Yeah. Like as a child, like how how was that? How'd you grow up? Like I wanna know like yeah, you man. Know, the, the upbringing. I grew up Atlanta, Georgia, bro. Like, my father was a blues musician. Wow. My 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 grandfather sold vacuum cleaners door to door. My dad sold vacuum cleaners door to door. My mom sold vacuum cleaners door to door, and I sold vacuum cleaners door to door. I would like go with my mom to sell vacuum cleaners at like age five. I would be like helping demonstrate, like in the like she'll be trying to sell one. I'll be like, look how you use the wand on the stairs, <laughs> like trying to help my mom get a sale. And in the days I didn't go to work with her, she would pull up in the driveway in her van, have like the big like conversion van, Astro van, and I would I would come out and I would, first thing come out of my mouth. How many did you sell today? Wow. You know, like I was yeah. always fascinated by money and just like growing. Not really like money for the aspect of money, but money is in the, like the, the video the game. The goal, right? Yeah. 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 It's like when you play a video game, you know, if there was no score, you might enjoy it. But it's really, I just want to see if I can get a higher score. Challenge so it becomes yourself. fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up, man, blues musician dad was always around the brothers. Pretty popping, yeah. You know, and yeah. and I, I would look at these guys, these blues musicians like Chicago Joe and B Flat, Richard Marks. These guys would play music with my dad. Be like, man, these guys have way more swag than the white band members, you know. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, these guys are cool. And so growing up in Atlanta, and my friends started making music, started rapping. I'm like CEO Charlie, so I'm looking at different creative opportunity. ways. Opportunity. That's how, right. how old were you at, at around this time? I'm 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 in high school, so okay. I'm 16, 17 years old. So before that, did you have any like entrepreneurship kind of? Oh, I had ways? some crazy stuff. Some yeah. candy and whatnot. I had a big candy operation. <laughs> I think every entrepreneur has a candy. I think everybody business. starts that way. Yeah. <laughs> I had so middle school was was my legacy of candy. Um, there was, and I got in trouble. Like they brought in my mom yeah. because uh, you weren't paying taxes. I wasn't paying taxes. <laughs> Actually, I was paying taxes to teachers. To um, teachers. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. This oh, is, uh, this I was, was. So this was organized. That's lobbying. Oh, no. This <laughs> was, I was definitely lobbying. <laughs> I had to lobby students to let me use their lockers because the, the key with, with, with school candy is people need consistency. They need to know where you are and that you need to have their stuff ready for them. Convenient, yeah. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> that's a, that's, that's, yeah. that's a legit business. <laughs> no, 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 it's a real deal business. Yeah. So it, with with candy, it's most of the times you got five classes in a day, so you're yeah. seeing the same people over and over. So you can't really scale the business because you end up not ever crossing paths with the people in the classes. You Every don't cross. Yeah. So I set up four different lockers, four different parts of the school. There were two grades in middle school. So we had a upstairs and a downstairs and just straight hallways. So I had every part covered and everybody knew where I'd be and at what time. And then I would make sure I'd get people's orders. And then I'd just give stuff to the teachers. Leave me alone because I'd be right in front of their classroom and they would see the, but I'd take care of the teachers paying my taxes. So ended <laughs> up, you know, getting in trouble yeah. um, with the principal, brought in my mom and this was when I learned my mom really had my back. Like, teacher sits me, uh, principal sits me down, mom comes in, I'm in trouble. And she said, yeah, your son is breaking a major rule at this school. 
And my mom looked at her and was like, you're mad at somebody for giving people what they want? Like, and he's not wow. causing any harm? And I was like, my mom's got my back. She's a real one. My mom is a real one. And and that's when I learned my mom was cool. Yeah. Like, and then like That's crazy. Yeah. So that was that was middle school. High school. Definitely beat a lot of us out on the candy business. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go like that. <laughs> high wow. school, man, um, fashion. Yeah. It was all about being cool. You know, like yeah. people are in high school coming from different parts of the town. You got people with more swag. So I'm like looking at the fashion game like, oh, like fitted caps and throwback jerseys. Mm. And I started a business called um, fashiononfire.com. And I had a business partner. And uh, I don't know how many of y'all are sneakerheads. Have y'all ever heard of kicksonfire.com? Yeah. Probably Adrian. Yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So kicksonfire.com was me and my business partner, CEO Charlie and CEO Khan. And Wait, Kicks so on you, you ran that? <laughs> Bro, I got a long history out here. No, so, yeah, Kicks on Fire. It's still the popping. biggest sneaker website in the world. Are you yeah. still have access? Like, is, are you still running it, or did no, you, no, no? You sell it. You... So, so me and CEO Con, so CEO wow. Charlie and CEO Con, we were 16 years old. Like, we we got the biggest sneaker website in the world. And I tell my mom, it's like, Ma, I'm going to New York. She said, What are you talking about? I said, My business partner's in New York. Your business partner? You're I'm 16, like, yeah. right? Let's 16. Go Flight Club or something? <laughs> no, it's no. like I, I I knew him. Like we talked every wow. day, but like AOL Instant so Messenger. Virtually, he didn't know CEO Khan like, in not, person. No, I never met him in person, but we were running a business together and we known each other for like a year or two. Online. Online. I mean, we're kids. He's a kid. I'm a kid. We can't just go get on planes. And like Skype <laughs> wasn't around back then. So it's like we're like talking on the phone, AOL Instant Messenger. And I told my mom, let me, go to, let me go to New York. And I was able to finally convince her to let me go. And, you know, like he lived in Brooklyn in a basement. And he lived by himself. And he was a kid. He goes to Brooklyn Tech, like super smart kid. He's from Pakistan. And just smart kid. Do you, do you still have, um, do you guys still have oh, contact? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I talk to him at least once a month. We reminisce. Yeah. on. He's, yeah. a, he's a genius. He's way more successful than I am. But, uh. He's 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 an amazing dude. Yeah. Um, so that's high school. We're creating all this fashion stuff, but then my friends they start making music. So I'm like looking at the music game, like, okay, I got this fashion stuff running. How do I get into this music game? And I built this website called spityogame.com. And this was like SoundCloud before SoundCloud. Like it was music streaming, people could upload tracks. Where were you coming up with these ideas? Just trying to solve a problem. Like, yeah. my friends are making music. There's no, like, media outlet for them. Yeah. You know, there's nothing cool. I asked my mom for a digital camera for Christmas, and I was like, Ma, like... She said I didn't sell enough vacuum cleaners. Nah, she was like, she was <laughs> like, all right, like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's a cool little gift. Um, but I was like, I want to start making videos for my friends. Yeah. So she got me a digital camcorder, and I turned, like, basically, like, my SoundCloud-type website into a media outlet. And I was the only one in the city who had a plug with Worldstar. Wow. wow, that's huge. Because back in the day, before Worldstar was ever a video site, it was a mixtape site. And I used to advertise Fashion on Fire on Worldstar. And it that's wasn't crazy. popping at all. No, I didn't even like know that. that. Yeah. yeah. So it, was a, it, was a, it wasn't a media video. Oh, man. Worldstar, Q, rest in peace, Q. He, um, he started it? He started it, and he was always trying to find his way. 
he would experiment with worldstarhiphop.com. At one time, it was a mixtape site. One time, it was like a password-protected porn site. Jeez. Yeah, like, uh-huh. he tried all these different things. Yeah. And then one day, he, he kind of, like, jocked the swag of this, like, New York blog. It was called onsmash.com. It was a New York blog. And it was the first blog that was laid out in tiled videos, like mm-hmm. what we see with Worldstar today. Mm-hmm. He just copied the template. And he was the very first one to download, rip, and re-upload with his logo the Kim Kardashian sex tape. Wow. And then that's when his website just took off. And World Star Hip Hop. And I had a relationship because I used to pay for ads on his site back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Before he was in, early in the game. mm -hmm. Y'all want to know something crazy? You know uh, NiceKicks.com? I haven't heard of that. Anybody know Nice yeah, Kicks? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of it. Nice right, Kicks. So NiceKicks.com. I ran the clothing line for NiceKicks.com out of my mom's basement when I was a teenager as well. So it's like, oh. it's like I own one of the biggest sneakers, you know, and then boom, I'm like helping the other one with their clothing, clothing line. Yeah. So this was always just my hustle. And, yeah. uh, and I built this website, started making these videos. I'm not really making any money. The servers cost so much, so my bank account's going down. Yeah. I wasn't from Silicon Valley. I didn't know how to raise capital. I know how to like make stuff cool. Yeah. So I didn't know how to run the business of it, but I knew how to make it popular. I go off to community college because my mom, she was like, mm, you're not, you know, going to school. You got to pay rent. I'm like, ma, like I'm CEO Charlie. Like, why do I need to go to school? Like I got all this business. She's like, you ain't making no money. <laughs> So I'm in community college. Mama keeps it real. Oh, Mama keeps it real. <laughs> Mama Rocket is the real one. Uh, Mama Rocket. <laughs> Mama Rocket. Is she in Atlanta still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm off in college, and one day I get a phone call from a uh, 310 number. And, uh, I mean, when you're from Atlanta and 310 number calls you. What's 310? Is that Miami? That's, uh, that's Cali. That's, that, it, it said Beverly Hills okay. on the caller ID. Wow. And I'm like, what in the world? This is big. I'm 18 years old. And I answer the phone. And a guy with a super deep voice. Hello, this is Brian Washington from Interscope Records. I'm like, I'm at school. Like, like damn near jumping up and down. Like, what in the world? Like, Interscope Records is calling me. He said, we would like you to go on tour with our newest artist we just signed. His name is Soldier Boy. I'm like... Absolutely, man. I'm there, man. I'm like, I'm about to, I think to myself, I'm about to drop out of school. Can't wait. Like, yeah. about to walk up out of here. But then I realized, like, Ryan, yeah, man, this sounds great. Let me just confirm with my mother. <laughs> he's, he's like, how old are you? <laughs> like, you know, I'm in school, you know? Like, I got to, like, drop out of school to do this. He said, okay, call, call, call us back. So, so I go home to my mom, yeah. and uh, I'm like, Ma, this little CEO Charlie thing is actually working out. take off. Uh. That's right. I just got a call from Interscope Records, and they want me to go on tour with a rapper. And she's like, oh, my poor baby. She's thinking drugs, sex, mm-hmm. all this hip-hop tour groupies. And I'm like, no, Ma, this is an opportunity. Like, can I drop out yeah. of school? And she was, always, she was always loving, but she was always tough love. Yeah. She said... If you're not going to be in school, you need to pay rent. I said, but I'm not even going to be living here. I'm going to be on tour. And she said, you're not going to be in school. You're going to pay rent if your stuff's here. And I said, all right, cool. Sign me up. She gave me her blessing, called Brian Washington back. What was she charging you for rent? 650 
Damn. For the basement. That's a lot. Yeah. She was tough. Expensive storage. She would would make me buy my own shoes growing up, everything. I bet that was was a blessing. How much of that do you, you, I mean, do you see that more as a blessing now? Massive blessing. What? Man, I'm going to raise my kids the same way. Like six fifty is steep. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, hey, you know what? She pushed him to. She I mean, I'm to do a I'm big on tour, like you know, like you for it. Shouldn't be anything. I shouldn't be much. <laughs> so, Char, let me let me ask you this: Was it all just winning during high school? Because we talked a lot about the no. wins, but no. Yeah, um, let, let's go into that because, like, how many times did you have to to fail before you you got kicks on fire? Before you you got spit your game, like spit your <laughs> game, like. So so all my businesses were doing good, but weren't making money. Kicks on fire, we had problems. Uh, fashion on fire folded. I started this uh, search engine. I thought I could compete with Google. That, that didn't work. Yeah. I, I started before fashion on fire. Um, I started this thing called My Sports Source, and it folded. Um, I, I I was. I was good at making businesses. I was not good at making them make money and sustain because sometimes I'd be growing it and dumping all the money back into it. And then a problem would hit and then it would have to like fold. And I'm just like, geez, I I can't catch a break here. What were some of like the like problems, like constant problems? Was it working capital? Was it working capital, you know, growth, um, like for example, with SpitcherGame.com, my servers, I remember my servers were $2,500 a month. Holy cow. Wow. I was getting Back so then, many yeah. streams. Oh, I created this player. See, MySpace had a problem. MySpace would only let you upload eight songs. Oh, I remember profile, that. Yeah. I was like, unlimited songs over here. And I made it embeddable, so everybody would have their MySpace player, and then they would have their Spitcher game player. There was like millions of streams a day. And wow. this is back before there was Amazon servers. Like, yeah. Expensive. Yeah, like this is like antiquated stuff nowadays, but it was called cluster servers, and we were using CGI and PHP programs. Like it was just very intensive on servers, and it was expensive for me. And I didn't know how to like – I didn't know venture capital. Yeah. I just had to like sell some advertisements, try to pay the bills, but my bank account was going down every single month. All during high school. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. By the time I, so, go on tour with Soldier Boy, didn't have money. They weren't paying me much. Then I got fired from being Soldier Boy's cameraman. Wait, so what what was your position with that tour? Cameraman. You were a cameraman? Yes. Because you were shooting video. I want you to talk about I've heard some of the... uh, he took the chain. Ask you for the chain. <laughs> like, let's let's. I heard a. I don't know if we want to talk about this, but I heard about the uh, the food story. Oh, I'll tell you the food story. I, yeah. I want to know no, this. Yeah, because actually, that's one of the the failures or defeats in that's, the that, process, right? Like, yeah, I want to know how how like that just made you feel. Like, you really like listen to these episodes? Yeah, thanks to that guy. Right yeah, there. man. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. For yeah. sure. Yeah, let's talk about that. So I'm out on tour with Soldier Boy, and it was almost, it was very contrasting because I'm on top of the world in one sense. We've got the number one song in the country. Which I'm one a, was it? The Superman? Crank, crank that Soldier okay. Boy, Superman. Yeah. And we're on top of the world. I'm a celebrity cameraman. I'm in music videos. He gave me this like diamond chain. He wanted his crew to look good. And it's like, you know, like I'm, I feel like the man back home in Atlanta. Everybody's yeah. looking at me like, "Wow, look at Charlie!" Soldier boy, See, you know, Charlie made it. At least, at least the the perception. It looked it, like right? I yeah. made it big. Is uh, is he from Atlanta too? No, he's from Mississippi. Okay, he'll claim he's from Atlanta. 
He spent a summer in Atlanta. He's from Mississippi. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So um, I don't have money. My servers, I'm just keeping my business alive. My business is now struggling because I'm putting so much into Soldier Boy. And the business I built that got me there is now suffering mm -hmm. because when you film, so for everybody watching, back then, this is a 2007, back then vlogs weren't coined vlogs. Like, Soldier Boy was the only artist in the world who had a full-time cameraman who would upload videos every day. On what? On YouTube? YouTube. Okay. YouTube. So it was like we invented the vlog. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was like when Soldier Boy was awake, I had to be awake filming. You were filming. Everything he did. And be, yeah. When he was asleep, I had to be editing. The only times I got to sleep were on airplanes because we were on promo tour. We would be on two, three flights a day because we would hit so many cities. Yeah. We'd go into a city, hit the radio station, boom, next city, boom, boom, boom. Just... Filming everything. I'm exhausted, I'm tired, and I'm broke. Now, Soldier Boy, you know, I don't want to talk bad about anybody, but some entertainers really like being of power. Mm. And, yeah. you know, that's controlling the people around them. Yeah. And I remember we're in Vegas. During the VMAs, which was like one of the best and worst times of my life, we're in Hugh Hefner's suite performing at the VMAs with Kanye West. I'm like shaking Kanye West's hands. Kanye West just dropped the album. Um, it had flashing lights, like you know that oh, yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like Kanye's one of my favorite artists, and it's like we're right there with him. And at Hugh Hefner's suite in yeah, the Palms. Crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Rest in well, peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. And and I hadn't. Eight in two days already because I wasn't getting paid on time at all. And we weren't getting our per diem. You had no money to eat. I had no money to eat. And I didn't have the balls to call home call mom. and call mom because I didn't want it to seem like CEO Charlie was like she on shaky ground. Yeah. So it's like I didn't want her worrying. And then I'm not going to Soldier Boy and management and the label because I'm supposed to be CEO Charlie. So I can't act like I don't have any money. So I'm just like kind of stuck in this like ego trip of like being like, well, nah, I'm a grown man. I got to be able to handle this. I can't go to them for money. I can't you go for them. You didn't eat for two days. Oh, bro. This is how bad it was. And you were 300 and some pounds. So like food was. Uh, around then I was like 270. Okay. Still, two, like, you were yeah. still a big boy. I was a big boy. Like food yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, I was definitely losing weight. Okay. <laughs> on the, I think were, I lost uh, 20 pounds on that tour. You were, uh, you were, you were fasting. I was fasting. That's yeah. right. Unintentionally. Yeah. So, uh -huh. man, we're there, and I remember Soldier Boy, you, you always kind of know when somebody's up to something. And he calls me to his room, and it was late, and I was like, what does he want? Like, it just sounded like he's up to something. He's like, Charlie, come to my room. I want you to film something. I'm like, all right, cool. Go to his room. Boom. He picks up the phone. And this is like little Pump before little Pump, right? He's like... Picks up the phone, orders like $1,000 worth of room service. Jeez. So I'm like... Like a full buffet. Like everything. And you're like, you're like, oh. It's heavy. You're I'm, like, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Finally get to yeah. eat. You're about to eat everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. Every chicken finger and french fry on earth right there with, in his with, room. With ranch. With ranch. Everything. All the ranch. <laughs> Drenched in ranch. Uh. So... They cart in all this food, and I'm filming you're, it. And you're seeing this come in. Mm-hmm. And what are you? What's going through your mind when you're seeing these piles of food just come? You glad? I'm you glad just. You're are you salivating? I'm like, like I'm <laughs> filming. I'm like, there's a God. 
I'm like, I'm like now I know my prayers. that there is a true God because I was starving and here Soldier Boy is ordering all this food a, for me. A freaking buffet of food. I hope that food was for you. Well, I'll, 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 yeah, we don't we don't know the story. I they do, so yeah. that's why I'm like, let's let's see what's going on. So it's about to take a twisted turn. I, I just can feel it, but it's all right. So I'm filming Soldier Boy. Yeah, and he gets done. And the ego and he me, gets done doing what? He, he, we get done filming. He okay. eats some food, and you know, it's you film the eating food. Yeah, it's gonna be a viral video. Him ordering extreme amounts of Did food. Did it go viral? Um, I don't even remember. Okay. Is it on YouTube still? Uh, maybe. I'm gonna look, look into it. I'm gonna look into okay. it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look into it. So we're done filming, and I, I like very like meekly asked, because I, like, I saw these chicken fingers in particular. And I was like, man, could I, could I have some? Were they still steaming? Like, were they it, fresh? It, it looked good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it looked good. <laughs> at that point, everything looks good. Just, Where was the ranch at? It was, it was, he had the honey mustard. Oh. <laughs> he had the yeah, gun. He, he remembered <laughs> everything. He it was like, chicken fingers were here. You know. The honey mustard was here. But this is the thing. There's trays. There's trays. So you know how, like, the bed is here. So the bed is here. The balcony's there. The little chair is in the corner there. There's trays all the way to the the door. That was just for him and his viral video. Him just doing what rappers do. Okay. Spend money. (laughs) And so we're done. And I I was could I have some chicken fingers? You said you asked? Yeah, I asked. You asked if you can have some chicken fingers. Yeah, because it's his room, you know, and it's his food. So Were you like... You know, hey, hey, brother, you don't mind if I, you know, grab that, a few? That's that, exactly that what, what I said? did. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, have whatever you want. And at this point, I'm just like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. And um, he gets up, and he pulls off every tray and spits on every bit of food. And that was the first time in my life I ever wanted to kill somebody. I saw the balcony. We were at the Bellagio. I saw the balcony. And I wanted to throw this little kid off of this balcony. And I had never been disrespected like that in my life. And I just had to suck it up and go. I didn't do anything. I'm not trying to lose my job. No, I'm not going to eat food. He spit. He spat on everything. The man hasn't ate in two days. Bro, that's a giant. (laughs) Right? I don't know who you are. Someone's (laughs) spit. No, no, I'm not eating. You haven't ate in two days. It's not about the spit. It's about the the principle. The principle of that. I think at that moment, like emotions are just running through. Like you don't have no appetite, probably. I'm I'm done. Let me ask you something. Why do you think he. A, I mean, a, a lot of entertainers. I never worked with an entertainer like that, like that I managed. Uh-huh. I usually worked with like, but that's that's actually common. Like they spit in the food that they would give well, out. Well, I don't know, but it's just power. Like, can you have power over people? This it's just like a thing, you know. Okay. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I've seen it, you know, with people in the crew. You know, they they get treated a certain type of way sometimes. Um, that's insane. So I, I I I go back to my room. I go to sleep. Um, next morning, we're going to the airport. Can, can I ask you a question? Though? Mm-hmm. So when he spit on the food, mm-hmm. um, what did you do? Did, what did you do? Like, I know you probably were like very discouraged. Just right? an angry face. Just angry. angry face. And did you left. look at him? Did you say something? Yeah, what I happened? gave him a look. But it's like, I'm not about to. So you gave him a look and then you just walked out of the room? Yeah. And was he laughing? What was it? What was he? What did he have going on? I don't remember. No? Just I don't remember. Out. I just yeah. left. Walked, yeah. Yeah. So, next day, I remember, I was just 
torn to pieces, broken, hungry. Just, just. I mean, it's just tough. I'm not getting my paycheck on time. It's been weeks since I've gotten paid. Not getting per diem. I don't want to ask anybody anything. Um, and at the same time, it was so awesome because Interscope Records is wanting to buy my website. So it's like, I'm like, I'm in this great place in life. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible all at the same time. And I remember the next day when I'm at the airport, Las Vegas airport, and I'm sitting down on the floor waiting for the flight. My head's down. And this lady, she walks up to me, old lady. She said, something told me to give you this. And she handed me a $20 bill. And I said, who told you to give this to me? She said, nobody. She said, just something. And I was thinking maybe it was like somebody in the crew. And then I went, asked everybody. I was like, this lady just gave me this. They're like, and like, you know, whatever. Just like, wow. Like she could feel quantumly Mm -hmm. that I needed. And I went and bought a Subway sandwich. Wow. And I ended up getting fired shortly after. Um, What did you get fired for? So I was honestly, I was like caught up in the hype of being a celebrity cameraman. And I remember we were in New York, um, I think at TRL and, um, Soldier Boy was kind of stealing one of these like dance lyric songs from one of my friends back in Atlanta. So actually, this is crazy. Who he stole the lyric from is now 21 Savage's manager. Mm. So it's a guy named Meezy, Mega Meezy. He used to be one of the Spitcher Game like featured artists. And um, he called me. He was like, man, what's up with your boy Soldier Boy? I'm like, what you mean? He's like, man, he's stealing like our lines and our lyrics and our dances. And I'm like, bro, like I ain't got nothing to do with that. He's like, man, tell him to stop. You know, like I'm like the direct line to him. So I remember we're in New York. We're at like a subway. And I said, man, you need to stop stealing. Uh, you know, like. Oh, wow. Like, so I'm like kind of stepping up to him a little mm, bit. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I remember it was October 4th, 2007, which is extremely quantum. Y'all want to hear something crazy? Let's do it. Last day of the tour. Ends in Atlanta. Soldier Boy asked me, said, oh, let me see that diamond chain. I want to get it cleaned. Atlanta, Georgia, October 4th, 2007. Day I got fired. He took the chain. Didn't tell me I was fired at all. He just said, let me clean that chain. Next day, we're supposed to go to Jimmy Kimmel. I go to the airport. I wasn't getting an itinerary. Nobody was answering my calls. Nothing. No communication at all. Wow. So I go to the airport just to, you know, be proactive. I'm going to run into everybody. You know, I'm sure it's just like a simple mistake, right? In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be flying to L.A. Yep. About four hours pass. I just realized I think I'm fired. Wow. Like, obviously, nobody's communicating with me. So I go home to my mom and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm fired. But but at the same time, I told my mom like this is a good thing. Like this is a, I'm on a winning streak. This is not yeah. a losing streak because I got to learn the game being out there on the road. Like being the cameraman gets you in every door. Being the cameraman gets you into every meeting, every radio station. Like like I got to see everything. The way it all works. 
Yeah. And I was good at marketing now because when I would edit a video this way, it would get 200,000 views. When I would edit a video this way, it will get 2 million views. And on their dime as well. You learned that. Exactly. Kind of. No, greatest gift ever. Yeah. No complaints. So this, this was a, a, a beautiful, beautiful failure for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So remember October 4th, 2007? Yeah. The yeah. day I got fired? That's when I began my management journey. Was that That's day? When CEO Charlie stepped up to from cameraman to manager. Now, fast forward all the way. Two Chains has a tour coming up yep. called Pretty Girls Like Trap Music Tour. And it wasn't it wasn't uh, Two Chains. No, 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 no. I'm fast forwarding. No, we'll, no, come fast forward. we'll come I'm back. I'm jumping. We, went, we, we, yeah, we went to Pretty Girls like Trap in Music. In when he was in, oh, yeah, yeah. That was the yeah. first the date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, was the first was date. I was there too. Did you see it on. Um, he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. We were there at the Tucson Bro. Little Theater. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, his, his wheelchair was, yeah. was blinged out too. Absolutely. So that was on Netflix. The Netflix documentary. We were running into each other without running into each other. That's crazy. So you were there? So let me tell you, Tucson's date. Tucson's date was not supposed to be the first date of the tour. The first date of the tour was supposed to be Atlanta, Georgia. Okay? Now, this is why... Now, paranoia means you think the universe is conspiring against you. Pronoia is I believe the universe is conspiring for me. I don't think the whole world revolves around me, but I think this did right here. I think this is super sacred. The very first date of the tour... Was supposed to be Atlanta, Georgia. Two chains breaks his arm and his leg right before the tour, and we had to take the first like six or seven dates of the tour and push them to the end. So oddly, we're starting our tour in Tucson. Out of all places. Out of all, all places, places. right where little, you are. Small little hole. Wait, you know, we bought the tickets that same day. Like I yeah. remember that we, day. Yeah. We drove Last down there. That was great. Andy was there. Yes, it, guess, it, guess, Andy guess was on the Netflix documentary. Guess who else was there? Who? Dolph. Dolph was there. Yeah, uh, yeah come on. Huh? Yeah. That's right. We'll get into that because I know yeah. you had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. Too. So what ends up being the very last day of the tour? Atlanta. Atlanta. Guess what day it was on? October 4th. 2017. The day I retired. Ten years to the day. Jesus. Wow. You can't plan this out. Wow. 2 Chain's leg had to break in order for me to get fired on October 4th, 2007, and retire. and retire on October 4th, 2017, both are the artists that had tour stops ending in Atlanta. I'm telling you guys. Let, let me ask you this. How, how did that, did that just give you like just an insane amount of belief and confirmation? Like, uh, what, like what did that do like internally? There's, there's, there's a frequency that I live by that like actually unlocks like all my magic powers. Now, Remember in the movie The Matrix, yeah, where Morpheus like Morpheus was like, once you believe, you won't even have to dodge bullets. It's like once you fully believe, nothing could beat you. And it wasn't until the very end of the movie where he's like this to like he's fighting uh, Agent Smith, Agent Smith, and you know, like he's not even stressed because he fully believes he's invincible. So I try to operate in that frequency like God's got me. Like, I'm invincible. I have a shield around me. Like, not in a cocky way, but, like, I know I'm protected. So I'm like, and that unlocks my superpowers to defeat anything that's trying to get me because I see all this magic that's happening. So it's like, how could I not believe? 
I always say dream crazy, mm. believe bigger. Like right. believing is cool, but believe bigger. That's my goal. How much am I going to believe? I believe enough for, you know, this whole city of Phoenix. That's, that's how right. big my belief is. It's an orb. That's right. So nothing can penetrate. So, um, so yeah, going back to the question, like what was the last question? The, the belief and confirmation that oh. like it gave you. Magic every day. Every day. Every single day. So where, where did that start? Because in 2007, it ended... Uh, I, no, I'm sure 2017. Se- no, well, no, 17 was the end of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying when the new it ended the video, uh, mm-hmm. the camera guy, but it started a new journey. Started. How, yeah. how did that go down? Man, I was like, I'm gonna be a manager. I told my mom, I'm on a winning streak. I'm gonna be a manager. Were you uh, using winning streak back in the day? No, but it was like my mentality. I was like, this is a good thing. Okay. This isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing that mm-hmm. I got fired, and I found this girl group. Well, first I was very humbled. First. Like, I was, like, yeah. going from CEO Charlie on tour to, like, street team passing out flyers. Like, uh-huh. I remember I'm in New Orleans at the All-Star Game passing out flyers for a party. Your hustle. I'm not even getting paid. I'm just, like, just trying, I'm just trying to stay busy. Like, I'm, I had fallen flat on my face. Like, everything was crashing and burning. I'm living in my mom's basement just, like, passing out flyers. But I'm trying to stay moving. Yeah. And my friend, Young Envy... He was an artist that I, I would film for. He had showed me on his phone, like, this girl group. And they were, like, poppy, like that. They were, like, female, outcast, teenager girls. I was like, they're dope. I'm going to make them famous. I went and signed them. I got them a record deal with Interscope Records. What is it? It's called Vistoso Bosses. You never heard of them. No. Why? Because they ended up firing me for Sierra's manager, and they fell off when they fired me. Wow. So it's like I keep bumping my head. Like, I get them a record deal, I'm getting them radio, I'm getting them and on TV, and they dump me because I'm 18 years old. They're like, well, we can't have a teenage How can we trust minute. somebody? Yeah, it's 18, yeah. Well, they were doing good with you. Oh, they were doing great. So they great. dumped you solely because of your age. Well, it gets... It, people we know start that, whispering, right? Like, maybe more experienced people. You, you gotta know? think. Sierra's manager yeah. comes in their ear and says... You need a real manager. Yeah. Y'all are a big group. Whispering. Like, he doesn't have the relationships. Come over here. And they're like, oh, Lord, that's Sierra's manager. Like, Charlie, Sierra's manager. So they're not even looking at what they, mm-hmm. what I did for them. They're looking at they're the They're looking future. at that person's image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this is crazy. And I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think people should hear that. Because sometimes as we're starting out, everybody seems to be against you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, especially as an entrepreneur. And in that moment, like... Sierra's manager was against you or like whoever the big big whales were mm-hmm. and you were the small fish and how would you would you feel like that was a blessing in disguise that they did that let you go I'm sure it was a it was a it was, big yeah. winning streak it was a winning streak oh it was so difficult dealing with those girls and their moms <laughs> oh they did me a favor but see you saw it that way I guarantee that 99 out of 100 won't see it that way. They see, oh, someone came to see it. This is what they need to learn. I'm a delusional optimist. That's my secret to resiliency and fear. Delusional optimist. Like, I swear to God, if the Titanic's sinking, I'm like, oh, there's a... There's a board right there. Like, of course, like, I'm on the board. I'm on a boat. Like, same thing. Like, we're floating. Like, you know, like, there's a door. Like, I could stand on it and surf. Like, I'm not looking at anything that's wrong. It's like, I get fired. Oh, like, there's a girl poppy group. They were difficult to deal with. I need, I'm from Atlanta. I need a group I could play in the clubs. 
Like we're in Atlanta. Like so I you're can't thinking better right away. Instantly. Immediately. Wow. Delusional. So you're not even optimist. devastated when people are just screwing you over. I mean, I'm so used to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, I could. It's, I don't know, man. It's like you, you strong. You lift weights enough. You're gonna be able to push more weight. I can push. Try me. You know, like people do me wrong all try the time. Me. Yeah. And it's like I'm just used to it now. You have the skin of a rhino. So it and wasn't I, like that all the time. Like you were, you would be devastated before, but then now. I mean, we're human. Yeah. Like nobody wants to lose, but it's like losing is a moment in time. It's like one point. Mm. It's up to us. To determine if we're still a loser because with our thought processes. So now, okay, I lost. The game is over, right? You lost a group. It's now like what? if I'm still focused on that, I'm still reliving history. Mm. Like I'm not trying to relive history. I'm going that way. Andre 3000 said, my spaceship don't come equipped with rear view mirrors we dip. It's like, I'm not looking back. <laughs> I love <it>. Like uh, <laughs> I'm a rocket. No, no rear view mirror. We're going that way. Yeah. So it's like, okay, they fired me. We're going that way. All right, I I'm from it. Atlanta. We need to be, I need to have a group I can take to the nightclub because that's Atlanta. So I signed this male group um, and we made history together. What were they called? Travis Porter. Oh, yeah. What were they called before then? Them hard hitters. And I was like, yeah, I got to change all that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. so, but they were dope, though. They were super dope. So I, I would like, this is when I was at that point in my life where I'm tired of getting fired. I'm tired of losing. And I was, I, I had to shift my whole paradigm to being of servitude because I didn't want another client to leave me. So I leveled up and I said, you know what? Let me humble myself. I'm going to be a servant and I'm going to be a manager, but I'm going to be a servant. And I passed out CDs every single night. I drove from every radio station from Jackson, for your artists for my artists, and I would like make sure they were the happiest people alive. Quick question, and mm -hmm. I know we're gonna get deep into where your life is now, mm -hmm. but I, I kind of love learning this. This is the entrepreneur CEO process. Charlie right now, yes, right? Absolutely. So this is a, a process for you. How many artists did you have? Like, what was the most amount of artists you had at one time? I think six. Six. Can yeah. you can you name? Them? Yeah. So we had Travis Travis Porter. Porter Two Chains, Bankroll Fresh, Young Dolph, Schooly, Cap One, and then we had like four or five producers as well, and we had a couple of websites. Okay. Um, I didn't do good. I didn't know how to scale well. Like I could tell you're great at scaling, but like when I would get past four artists, like everybody would suffer. Mm -hmm. And like it's like the bigger we got, the more because it's only Charlie. No, well, I had two business partners. Um, tech and Al, but it was like still like there was something about how we ran our business that was us imposing our will, not so much systems. And managing artists is like you've got to live it. Mm. You got to live it 24 hours a day. So when you have six, yeah. you can't live it 24 hours a day. So it starts suffering. Everybody starts suffering. And I never mastered scaling. I, I knew how to shift culture. I could change the way people talk worldwide. I could change the way people dress worldwide. Like, like we were cool. I could, I could go into my office. I could think of an idea. And then two months later, I turn on the Golden State Warriors game, look in the crowd, and I see, you know, eight of my Christmas sweaters in the crowd. 
Like I could walk in the mall and see 20 people wearing my clothes. Like we could change how everybody dresses from, you know, wearing, you know, colorful stuff to wearing all black with gold chains. Like that's what we did. We changed culture. We changed, we create lingo and language worldwide. Mm -hmm. Go to Japan and see our influence. Mm -hmm. So you would set trends. We would set trends, make movements, but never was great at scaling businesses. Okay. Who were the last uh, projects that you had? Was it uh, was it Two Chains and, and Dolph? It went. It started off with Travis Porter, mm -hmm. and then from Travis Porter, we discovered Titty Boy, who was Two Chains. Yeah. We changed the name to Two Chains. Uh, me and my business partners, Tech and Al, that building right there, biggest studio in Atlanta, the Street Exec Studios. Um, we built that. That was my monument. Um, we signed Bankroll Fresh, R.I.P. Bankroll Fresh. He got. He got shot and killed right right there, almost where I was standing. Wow. Um, young Dolph. Um, we had Schooly and uh, Cap One as well. So mm. that was kind of the order. How old were you at that time? So discovered 2 Chains when I was 21. He was, he was like 32, 33. He gambled on you? Like he just like, yeah, let's do this? Well, not actually. Um, we really liked him. So me and my business partners, he had a relationship with my business partner, Tech, because my business partner, Tech, was a DJ, DJ Techniques, the mixtape mastermind. So um, <laughs> so he knew Tech because Tech was a DJ. And when we approached him, we were like, we want to manage you. And he looked at us like, okay, we got a fat little teenager kid, you know, and we've got like yeah. a DJ from Kenya. And we got a street dude from Savannah. Like, y'all don't look like managers. He wanted this industry manager named Rico Brooks to be his manager because Rico Brooks was like... He was the man. He was like, he had the look. He yeah. was experienced. He had success. He was serious. So he would put us in a room together. And I love Rico Brooks. Rico Brooks is an amazing manager. But we were really hungry. So we'd come into these meetings, and we're presenting 30, 60-day, 90-day game plans. And then, you know, we'd come back to the meeting the next yeah. week, and we would say, okay, we did this, 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 this. We booked you here, 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 and we passed out this many CDs, da, 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 da. And we had, like, stuff coming in to where, like, Rico Brooks was kind of, like, you know, just a little bit, like, slower. But he was more established, so he probably should be a little bit slower than us. And over time, Rico just stopped coming to the meetings. And so it's like, y'all are my managers. <laughs> wow. You probably pushed them out of the way unintentionally. No, no, we, we didn't intentionally push them but out. But no, like, like your, your work yeah. ethic. Your work, your work, work ethic. ethic. Yeah. 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 He's work like, ethic. I can't match this. He's like, yeah. I'm not even trying to go that hard exactly. right now. Right? Yeah. There's easier clients, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're at 20, like you're still young mm -hmm. at that 21 point. 21-year-old. Yeah, 21-year-old. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you're still with that CEO Charlie mentality and... Um, we, we're talking about the winnings. We've talked about a couple of, um, you know, uh, strikeouts. Mm -hmm. um, but you have a lot of them, right? I'm sure. I've, I've heard some of your <laughs> I've heard some of your stories. But um, I think the way the the most way to help people is to tell them to tell them from failure that they're a success. And you're mm -hmm. a living example of that. Mm -hmm. I, we have a lot of failures, and it's, we're not here to talk about us. We want to talk. We want to hear about you. And what do these failures do to you? Because the way you think, <laughs> I think it's fascinating. The way you think is that from the from being fired, you're yeah. like, oh, I, this is there's a, a new opportunity this, this for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't I, I don't even know if I can think like that. 
uh, maybe I can develop myself to think maybe more optimistic about that. But this is like some, like, this is some like some Delu- master is stuff. Delusional. You know, the, you know the beautiful uh, part of, about that. Uh, I, I so me even though you know you may say maybe people may say like oh you're very gullible right you're very gullible. See, I didn't have much of a childhood, so my imagination runs like that. Mm-hmm. And where if he tells me. Carlos, you want to know how to defeat something? You know, uh, hey, you want to know how to bounce back from failure? Just say, oh, you know what? That means God has something greater for me. You tell me that, mm-hmm. right? You A credible source like, like him Charles. tells me exactly. to think that way. And guess what? I me- I don't, there's not even, I'm not even questioning There's it. no doubt. No, See, I just immediately, I immediately turn into that. And that's what I'm trying to get, like, Explain how that even happens, and if you want to throw in some couple of failures, that's fine, man. I think most of the people in here, including ourselves, have failed a lot. Every day. And every day we're failing forward. So I think this is like something we should focus on a little bit to maybe motivate some people. Regarding. Yeah. So it's just motivation. Man. So I, I, that's to me, I think it is. I was watching this documentary with Muhammad Ali, okay. and um, it was an amazing documentary. It's called When We Were Kings, Muhammad Ali and uh, and George Foreman. And Muhammad Ali, he's going into the fight, and he's talking to the press conference. He's like, how could I lose when my God is the God that controls the universe? Uh He's like, I can't lose. That's how I feel. I've got this shield around me. When something bad is happening, I'm pronoid. The universe is conspiring for me. There was somebody who got in a car wreck on September 11th, and it saved their life. When that car wreck happens, you got to automatically be thinking, oh, like God is like conspiring for me Mm. to try to save me from something else. I can't lose. Mm. Like I can't lose. It's impossible for me to, it's impossible for Charlie Rocket to ever lose. All the bad things that happened were gifts. If I didn't have a brain tumor, I wouldn't be a Nike athlete. I can't lose. And that was your childhood dream. Yeah, man. I can't lose. If I wasn't 300 pounds, I wouldn't want an Emmy for the best Nike commercial wow. ever. I can't lose. If I wasn't fired from being a cameraman, I wouldn't become a Grammy-winning music mogul. I'd still be a cameraman. The problem is the solution, actually. The problem is the blessing. Every shit. time. Every time. At, at 21, did, did you have this mindset? So you found I was, you found I, was I was delusional. Like, I was... Yeah. I, I would... I remember, like, my business partners would call me. They'd be like, Charlie, like, where you at? I was like... Driving to the radio station in Jackson, Mississippi, they're like, "All right, just keep going. Whatever you're doing, just you know." But I'm like, "No, nah, I'm gonna like drive to every radio station, and I'm like gonna like give DJs like packages that have their like name on the back of their hoodie." And I remember my business partners would walk in my office, and I would have like stacks of boxes, and I would have all these stickers and all this stuff. They were like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm making packages for DJs. I'm gonna like go deliver it to them with my hands." Like most people like MP3 a song, but it's like b- live the life they're going to want to like make a movie about. Like that's an opportunity. You actually, there should be a movie about Charlie Rocket, <laughs> right? Really, I mean, what are we waiting for here? <laughs> he probably has a movie. We have like, a red, by the way. By the way, we own a red camera. I mean, if you need to use it, we own a red camera. You know what I mean? So a- Ashton Kutcher's management uh, heard one of my podcasts and they approached me about... Uh, about doing a, do a, it. People a, need to hear it. You need to do it, man. Yeah. So, you need to do it. So t- 21 to 25, what were those years like? Man, that was a, that was a lot of uh, a lot of weight gain, a lot of food addiction. Um, business, to me, 
was um was uh, triggers. So addiction comes from triggers, right? There's something that triggers you. You do the action, and there's like the repercussion, and it's like a cycle. Yeah. So for me, business, I was trapped. I was in a cage. Business, deal making. What did we do just a second ago? Eat. Eat. That's what we do in business when we're like meeting we eat somebody. Or drink. Eat or drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. So boom, food, deal making. Take DJs out to. Lunch. Steakhouse or something. Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Hooters. Chicken wings. Right? Another part about business. Celebration. Yep. More what do you do? Alcohol. Well, I never drank. Food was my addiction. Okay, food, um, but yeah, for, for a lot of people, it's alcohol as well. And that's how they become alcoholics as well. Yeah. And then what's the third area of business that leads to food? Stress. Because mm-hmm. it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. every part of my day was being trapped by a trigger that would lead to a food addiction. And I got big. But there was never a day I wasn't on a diet. I would just end up messing up by about 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And when I would trip down one step, I'd have so much pressure on myself, like, nah, today was supposed to be the day, that I would trip down one step and then push myself down all the rest to make myself so sick that I wouldn't want to mess up again because tomorrow's the day. So since I messed up today, let me just go ahead and mess up all the way. And anybody who's listening who does diets their whole life, this is pretty much the mentality of how it goes. Mm -hmm. And I would eat eat a lot of just like gas station food. And I remember I would go from one gas station to the next gas station because this one had the Krispy Kreme donuts. Then this one had the Mrs. Fields cookies. Then this one had the Mrs. Field ice cream sandwich. And then I would like be you know maybe 10,000 calories in so I'd be like okay let me just go ahead and like overdose and make myself so sick to where I like want to throw up yeah, yeah. and I'd go to like Wendy's get a frosty and a baconator and Jeez. it was just like it was sick because I was saying to myself how long? oh I mean this went on for how was uh, how was business during that time I mean I'm I'm a great businessman so it's like I would mainly focus on business yeah. and that's what would lead to this at nighttime happening you wouldn't focus on yourself so business was thriving you were failing oh exactly i was i was uh-huh. i i didn't realize that my 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 health was was wealth as well i was really good at making money but i mean i was dying and that's what led me up to around the times we won the grammy and i'm 300 pounds and i'm sick with a brain tumor and the brain tumor which was benign was wrapped around my left eye, was corroding the top of my spine, and said the doctor said it could start leaking like um, the spinal fluid into my brain, and it was also putting pressure on the artery going into my brain. What do you think caused you to develop that brain tumor? Two things. Um, one, just constant state of stress, and two, eating food that's not even real. Like, all the food I would, like, binge on was, like, fake food it can sit on a shelf for four years like this isn't real food like this is packaged processed crap yeah and i asked myself a question i was like okay if you are what you eat is what i'm eating dead or alive and i'm trying to get to the root problem of why i'm so sick and like all my weight problems what's the one thing that will fix everything and i had to look in the mirror and it was like it was it was me like i'm eating fake food I'm always on a diet. Die. D 
I E. I'm like, food is meant to give you life, not kill you. Yeah. Like food is to like give you life. Yeah. And we're on diets and we're restricting, we're eating all this fake food. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to change my diet to food that's high frequency and living so I could live. And that changed everything in my life. Mm. My brain tumor started shrinking. Like earlier, one of you guys said, man, you look young. It's because, yeah, like I'm eating high frequency food. Our bodies can heal. Like our bodies are genius. Like you get a cut right now. It'll what's heal. it going to do? Heal. But if you rub Scout. dirt on it, what's it going to do? Get infected. It'll never heal. Ever. Yeah. That was me. I was just putting dirt on dirt on dirt. Mm. When I put that nice clean water in my system... My body started healing. My brain tumor started shrinking. I walked away from my business. I retired. I went to two chains. I was like, uh, we call him Tit, um, as in Titty Boy. That's what we all call him. Mm. Like Tit, like you know, like I'm going to retire. Like, what do you mean? Like, we just want to grab me. We're on top of the world. I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to go chase my dream. Like, I'm sick. Like, I gotta go chase my dream. Did he know you had this brain tumor? Mm -hmm. I remember I was at his house. Uh, we were in L.A. He had just bought a house in L.A. I was breaking in his house for him. I was staying there for a couple months and really enjoying L.A. And, and one morning I woke up and I, I passed out. And I walked downstairs and I said, man, something's wrong with me. He's like, man, what do you think it is? I was like, man, I'm just so dizzy. Like, I just, wow. I woke up. I went to pick up socks and I, I passed out. And I remember the room was spinning and all sorts of stuff. And uh, that's when I just knew, like, this music this music stuff was going to kill me because I was trapped. It was the food that was going to kill me, but I, I, I needed to reinvent my whole life, and I needed to create a business that was going to save my life. And I needed to go back to the one thing I always wanted to do because when you're dying, you only think about the things you wish you became, that you didn't. What were some of those things at that time? I just wanted to be an athlete. That's it. I had childhood dream. That's it. That's that's the only thing I love, like right. sports and athletics. Like I'd have dreams at nighttime of like me dying. When you were in the hospital. I mean, just my whole life, oh. like my entire life, I would have dreams of me dying before I got to know what it was like being fit. Nah. Like it would be like consciously saying to myself, "Damn, you died, and you didn't even get to see what it was like to be skinny." Like that was recurring my entire life because I've oh. never been skinny. So. I had to do it. Quick question about dying, by the way. Mm -hmm. What what becomes priority when you're dying? Like, what are the priorities at that point? Besides maybe healing, obviously healing yourself, but what becomes priority? Like, did you start thinking about your mom? Did you start thinking about, Absolutely. like, what, yeah, what, what was, like, your top priorities? It went from, like, making money and doing business and scaling and living, you know, whatever, making, yeah. to what, like, how did, what became a priority? First thing I did was I called my mom. Like when I passed out with two chains, I remember it was it was around Black Friday because we had the Christmas sweaters going. Um, I always do a lot with e-commerce, so it was around Black Friday. Passed out, called my mom, did not tell her what was going on with me. I was just I need you to come visit me in L.A., and she knew something was wrong with me. And I remember we were there sitting on the couch and something just told me to watch a documentary. Pull up Netflix. We're in a little Airbnb. 
Something just told you. Something just told me. Watch a documentary on veganism. And what was it called? Forks over knives. I've seen it. And I'm from Atlanta. I had one vegan friend. I thought she was weird. It's like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> vegans are weird. And I, when I watched it, I just flipped the switch. It wasn't a process. It wasn't anything. It was just like, this is going to save my life. I need to be eating living food. This is one thing I've ignored. Like I've tried the keto diets, eating all meat. I've tried the starvation diets, eating no food. I've tried everything but eating more vegetables. Yeah. I was like, it might make sense. Let me try it because I was desperate. And mom was a priority, but really the delusional optimism kicked in because I, 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 I subconsciously know if I think about dying, I'm going to die. So I kept saying this phrase to myself over and over. My story isn't over yet. Uh-huh. And I'll just say that over and over. My story isn't over yet. My story isn't over yet. And I was like, I know this isn't how it ends. Mm-hmm. My story isn't over yet. And uh, that's that's what kept me going. And that's actually what I I, uh, I named the fan-made Nike commercial that, that changed all of Nike. So when I walked away from the business, uh, I, I wanted to pick the most difficult thing in the world to do. And I wrote a contract to myself, and I put it on my refrigerator on a Post-it note. It was a blue Post-it note. And I said, I'm going to be top 1% of athletes in the world, and I'm going to complete an Ironman. What year was this? How old were you? This was 2000 and... This was 2017. I wrote that. Not too long ago. Uh Uh-uh. And when I walked away from the business, I started learning about healing myself, getting my frequency higher, eating high-frequency food, Everything started adding up. Like I lost 130 pounds. Brain tumor started shrinking. No medication, no doctors. It just started shrinking. I believed I would like focus on it. I would meditate on it. And I was able to do incredible things. I did an Ironman in New Zealand. And then I'm looking at Nike like I think I could be a Nike athlete. Like when I was young, I would like my very first stock I ever invested in was Nike. Like, my dad and my grandfather, they would always be in the kitchen arguing with each other. And I'm like, what y'all arguing about? They're like, stocks. And I was like, I want to do that. So, you know, I saved up some money cutting grass. I bought Nike. Stock market bet competition. I won. Like, Nike was cool to me. Always was. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to be a Nike athlete. Yeah. Like, I'm chasing this dream. I think I should be a Nike athlete. And I made a fan-made Nike commercial and about my life story. And I never told my story before. And I called it My Story Isn't Over Yet. And I put it out. And <laughs> it went viral. And three days later, Nike calls me, said, we don't know who you are, but you have our campus in a frenzy. <laughs> and ends up... Um, How did that make you feel? Oh, my God. Everything is possible. Oh, wow. Like, if, if I was able to... Because I would tell my friends, I would have this, like, quantum possibilities notebook, and I would write down in it every day, I'm going to be a Nike athlete. Like, I believe in the law for, of attraction. For those that don't know what quantum possibilities notebook is like would you take like a few seconds to explain that just yeah yeah man like i believe we're all connected um i study quantum physics so the basics of quantum physics is really simple how i'm gonna break it down i could go deeper but in the traditional physics world they thought that atomic particles were pieces of matter so if one is here and one is there they're separate 
You know, like, you're over there, I'm over here. Mm -hmm. We're separate. But once they discovered quantum physics, they saw that these atomic particles were not pieces of matter. These atomic particles were waves. So if that one is over there and this one is over here, waves collide. Waves go out. It's like how many songs are flying past your face right now? Thousands. Songs? Yeah. Radio waves. Oh, yeah. They're flying past Actively, your face. Actively, yeah. How, how many phone conversations are flying past your face right now? Millions. So if I call you from L.A. to here, I'm not near you, but the waves I send you are, and you're able to hear and receive it if there's a receiver. What this phone is, this is a receiver, okay? A radio is a receiver. What do I want to be in my life? A receiver of blessings. So what do I need to do? I need to tune. Let's take a radio, for example. If everything in this world is a wave yeah. and I want to be a receiver, that means I have to tune myself to the station I want to listen to. Mm. Okay? So let's say Nike and my dreams of being an athlete. If I'm one notch this way, I got... But one little notch, you can hear a beautiful song because the frequencies aligned. And we're not talking about a big notch. We're talking about one little this tick of the dial. Little mm -hmm. this, yeah. So that's what I do in my quantum possibilities notebook. I focus on my dreams. I write them down. I send out a feeling of what it feels like to already have it. I believe it's already done. All I got to do is just tune myself and it'll be done. So I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm praying to God, not like, hey, I want to be a Nike athlete. I'm praying to God, like, hey, God, like, appreciate you for making me a Nike athlete. Sure does feel good. I'm doing that today. Yeah. You know, like, before it even happens. Uh -huh. The key to manifesting is the feeling, not the thought. Mm. It's the feeling. If you could feel what that dream feels like to have it done already, you've aligned the frequency and it can come. Because everything we want, we're already connected to. So I really wow. believe in it. So it's like Nike commercial. Well, what do Nike athletes have? They have Nike commercials. So I'm like, I'm going to make my own. I believe in law of attraction that much. Well, I'm going to just make my own. Let's talk about it. They did not have non-athletes commercials. Mm -mm. They were only like athletes that did stuff on TV and things like exactly. that. Exactly. You actually started, I mean... That we should focus on that. Well, how, I think the question is, how did that phone call go? And <laughs> where did that lead to? There's a guy named Andy Miguel. Yeah. And he was like, man, we don't know who you are, but you have our campus in a frenzy. Everybody everybody is like trying to trying to figure who out who you guy? are. Yeah. like, Because everybody's sharing this video because it touched so many people's hearts. They were like, we want to bring you up to Beaverton and Oregon, like yeah. get to know you. So they fly me up to Beaverton. They put me in the first class, put me in a little limousine. My God, this is, you know, cool. I'm thinking it's going to be like a little meet and greet. You know, like it's like a little feel-good story. Yeah. But I've done enough business in my life to know when something is a meet and greet and when something is some business. So I get on campus, and I'm like kind of like noticing some things. And I'm like, this isn't normal. One of the employees comes up to me. He says, man... They're doing more for you than they do for LeBron James. They're, they must be up to something. Like, LeBron comes on campus. They don't do all this. I was like, all right, cool. Boom, we're walking into a conference room. And 
like I study like Nike, like I know who executives are and like the big dogs. I walk into the room and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm seeing what's going on and this is executive boardroom. And there's all these TVs with me on it. And I'm like, this is some business going on here. This isn't a cute little meet and greet. And they give me a whole presentation about... So they're trying to sell you. I mean, they're, 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 they straight up told me, they, they said, you reminded us why we come to work every day. Wow. And you inspired us to change the marketing direction of our company. Wow. That is and, crazy. And I'm like, this is a Dow 30 company. Like, this is like yeah. $60 billion company, maybe the big, second biggest brand in the world behind Apple. And I inspired them to change the direction. And they said, we want you to be a part of it. And I, I remember I wrote Nike a letter on a typewriter and, you know, made a video about it. And then they sent me a letter back with an astronaut backpack and a typewriter. And they wrote me a letter back. And I made a commercial about, a second fan-made Nike commercial about the astronaut backpack and about the rocket. You know, every rocket starts off slow. And I went to outer space in this commercial. And uh, they were like, man, how did you make this? Like, like, because, you know, Nike would spend like yeah. half a million dollars making this film. And, you know, me and my videographer, we made it for, you know, $1,500. <laughs> um, and I, the title of that commercial was called Dream Crazy. And it had like this script that was about the crazy dreamers of the world and like the biggest dreams and how like, you know, the common man should dream crazy. And then I get a phone call about a month later from Nike about this film that they want me to be a part of. And now, granted, I've been writing in my notebook for years. I'm going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. Like, that was, like, my athletic, like... Specific. Very specific. Oh, wow. Like, I'm going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. This was before, like, you saw their marketing plan, right? Oh, yeah. So you just set the intention. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay. They send me a film. They said, Charlie, we need your approval on this. Like, we need you to, like, sign off on, on this link. Here's an NDA. We, we've been working on something big that you inspired us, but we need you to, you know, they send it to me. And I'm looking at this film, and it's, like, the most magnificent Nike commercial I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, and I was towards the beginning of it. And I'm, like, having chills. And I'm like, it really happened. Like, I'm in a Nike commercial. But then towards the end, is LeBron James and Serena Williams, and it hit me. It came true. It came to life. Wow. This is a this is a massive Nike commercial, and it was the Colin Kaepernick commercial. And what did they title the commercial? Dream Crazy. They named it after my fan-made Nike commercial. So I'm in it. They named it after me, and we just won an Emmy for Best commercial and it's maybe the biggest sports commercial if not the biggest commercial of all time that's crazy wow. <laughs> yeah that's not about manifestation that's it like, this is, so and you wrote that what like years before right yeah in your oh yeah to, to have them in, in the commercial absolutely what, what kind of other uh intentions have you written down in that in that journal that has happened oh my god um anything that just sticks out no this is great no man i got i got a real cool one actually with the nike commercial so i moved to la um and i needed a videographer because i wanted to film a nike a fan-made nike commercial and so i called up my boys who work in hollywood and i'm like yeah i want to film this commercial man i need a videographer 
And they're like, okay, like, you know, it's expensive out here. I was like, that's cool. And it was like, you know, I'm like, well, well, what do you want him to do? I said, well, I need him to be able to shoot. I need him to be able to edit. I need him to own his own equipment. I need him to be able to score. I need him to be able to make his own music. And I need him to be able to color grade. They're like, Charlie, like, that's like five different people. Like, <laughs> you're going to spend like $50,000 on this commercial. I'm like, it's an Instagram video. Like, why would it need to cost? They're like, no, Charlie, what you're asking for is not a vlog. You're asking to make an actual production with original music and audio mixing and mastering and color grading. Like, that doesn't exist from one person. And I'm like, are you telling me to be realistic? Because stuff I've done my whole life, I've never been realistic. It is possible to find this person. And I'm getting frustrated. I remember I was at this restaurant with um, my friend who works in Hollywood. He introduced me to this other guy who knows a few cameramen. And he really pissed me off. He said, Charlie, like, you're crazy. And I left that meeting. And I said, tomorrow is the day I find my videographer. You're trying to find that Superman videographer. Yeah. Like, I knew it was realistic. Like, I just knew it was possible. So, next day, I pull out my notebook. I'm sitting on my couch doing my morning routine. Pull out my quantum possibilities. And this was the sentence I wrote. Today is the day I search and found why I wrote an incomplete sentence. I don't know. But this is the quote. Today is the day I search and found my videographer slash editor. It's done, exclamation mark. It's easy, exclamation mark. That was the sentence. Two hours later, my roommate, who's like an accountant at like Whole Foods, walks in with a cameraman behind him. I'm like, Morgan, what are you doing with a cameraman? He said, I just got a random phone call. From my friend, and he wanted to shoot something at the house. And I'm like, this is the most boring dude in the world has a cameraman following him. This is An really, really from Whole Foods. Shout out to all the accountants. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I look at the cameraman guy standing behind him, and he looks weird. He looks like a gothic, like skateboard emo guy. Like, and I'm like, that's already a combo. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, you do videos? He's like, and he's like, Northern California dude. Like, he's like, yeah, I do videos. I was like, um, can I see some of your work? He's like, yeah, just you know, I don't really like know how to like do this professionally. Like, I just like kind of do it when people ask me to. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't take this guy serious. But I was like, let me see some of your work. Like, this is already kind of mystical that I just wrote this down. What was your friend doing with him? He did so. My friend had a friend who was filming something and just needed to film something at the house. Okay. So it's just completely yeah. random. Yeah. So I said, let me see some of your work. He had some music video stuff on there, but I was like, uh, I need to know if somebody can story tell. Like, I'm trying to tell a story. So music videos, they, that won't work. And he had this short film on his website. So I pull it up, and I'm watching it. And I said, you shot this? He said, yeah, shot it. <laughs> I said, you edited this? Yeah, you know, I edit. I said, you own your own equipment? He said, yeah, like, I, like, I, like, like, I have a few cameras and a Not few sure lenses. I do this on the side, yeah. Like, he, and I was like, who made the music for this? Because the scoring is amazing. Like, the little sound effects and stuff. He said, well, you know, I do scoring and, like, I make music, too, because I'm, I was in, I'm in a rock band. So, like, I make music. I said, get the out of here and, and then I was like 
who audio mixed and mastered this audio? Because this is good. I can He's... only imagine being in that room, right? Because <laughs> this all came right consecutively. Oh right yeah. There and then. So what do, you, what do you say after that? When you he said, him? he said, well, like I mix and master, like that's I'm an audio <laughs> guy. I record all this of is my your Superman. This is it. And then I said, who color graded this? Because this color grading is so rich and beautiful. He said, well, you know, I taught myself Da Vinci on YouTube. And I'm wow. like, wow. I'm like. <laughs> I was like, do you have a job? He's like, well, I just applied at Hulu, but they didn't hire me. And I was, I was like, can I give you a job? He's like, I need one. Like, and, it, and we sat down at the counter, which is a burger joint place, and we had Impossible Burgers. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to be a Nike athlete. He said, how are you going to do that? <laughs> I said, listen, like, I believe, like, this is possible. Like, we're going to make a fan-made Nike commercial, and then Nike's going to want to sign me. He said, whatever you say. And he pulled out a sheet of paper, and he started making these little boxes and kind of storyboarding out, you know, like this kind of camera gag with a little music, you know, where my feet would be running at the same, like, like there would be my feet, and my breath will make a beat, like a song and then he added these strings to it and then i'm running through la and it's just crazy very first film we made got me a nike deal but that's how much i believe in magic and some people are like charlie is hocus pocus you can't just wish for something and it comes into your life shit me i wish for stuff all the time and i get it now i do have to work too i put in that work i'm meeting with people trying to you know like find somebody but when i tuned my frequency i had enough waves out there my signal was strong yeah and that's why he walked in my front door i didn't know he was gonna walk in my front door i did nothing to do that other than tune my frequency everybody's telling you you're crazy to find this one guy that doesn't all wow. oh yeah that's amazing yeah. doesn't exist that's amazing by the way so you, you uh you go from you know managing to change multiple artists young Dolph. Like I, I want to ask you a question regarding that specific thing when it comes to branding, because mm. I feel like you are definitely a branding king. Like where, where does that inspiration come from, and any, I guess, tips for entrepreneurs looking to you know brand their business or, or really mm -hmm. make that you know product or service unique? Like what do you have to say about that? Mm. Well, I'll tell you, like this one branding thing I'm doing right now. I like I like shaking things up. I like a brand that makes people remember it. It's got to be like catchy and it's got to be memorable and it's got to make people talk. So if we go back in time, what was Travis Porter's first name? Them young, them, them hard, hitters. hard hitters. I was like, uh uh. You got to change remember. this. <laughs> yeah, because it's just yeah. generic. Uh -huh. But Travis Porter is like, sounds like a white dude, but oh, it's like three yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it doesn't even like mean it just made people talk. And then Two Chains' first name was Titty Boy. That's not still. Yeah. And it's like, all so right. So you rebranded him? Yeah. I, well, it was like, we need to change your name. Like, but they bleep why, why his two name chains, out. Why Two Chains, by the way? So Two Chains was using that as an ad lib, like, in his songs. Like, he would just go on a song. He was always known for jewelry. So he would just say Two Chains as just, like, background in songs. Mm -hmm. We were like, that might be a good name mm -hmm. because the very first mixtape we had, it was, you know, like the title, the artist title is Titty Boy. The second mixtape, we did Titty Boy, a.k.a. 2 Chains. The third mixtape, we did 2 Chains, a.k.a. Titty Boy. And then the last one, when we were getting into our albums, it was just 2 Chains. So transition. You transitioned. We transitioned. We rebranded. We reinvent. Like me, for example, CEO Charlie. Charlie Rocket. Diddy. P. 
P. Diddy, Love, you know, like Puffy, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, these rebrands, uh -huh. you know, like is, is very, very important to always have something new, fresh, unpredictable, like give somebody new concepts. Like right now I'm changing up my whole wardrobe. I'm going completely thrift store. I'm going completely like you found all this at the thrift store. Well, like my friend, my stylist, Jonathan. I met Jonathan, young kid, 20 years old, works at um, works at Zoomies in Bakersfield. What is that, a thrift store? No, it's like it's a, a mall store. Yeah. Okay. Like, but he has so much swag. And I go up to him, I was like, what's your dream? Man, I want to be a celebrity stylist one day. I say, you're a celebrity stylist right now because your swag is crazy. It's like the swag now with the kids is like oversized, baggy, thrift. Like this is like a 2X. And I was like, style me. And he's like, this is like really good for the environment because you're not buying clothes, you're using reuse. This is from the 90s. So it's like yeah. right now, like I'm reinventing everything because we got to remain unpredictable. Like yeah. always have a new campaign, always do something a little bit different when you're making a brand. Like I deleted all my podcast episodes. People are like, man, Charlie, like, why would you do that? That's bad for business. Actually, on the podcast, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. so you you built up all this momentum on the podcast. Mm hmm. And then you just delete everything. Why? I wasn't inspired. I wasn't inspired. I wanted to I wanted to do a podcast that wasn't about me anymore. Like cause I don't interview people. So when people listen to the Charlie Rocket show, they're like, Oh, that's Charlie's podcast. I was like, how can I make a podcast that's not my podcast, but their podcast? Mm. To where they feel ownership. But then I was like, to the next level, how can I make them feel exclusive? How can I make them feel like insiders? Because in the fashion game, we're going to break down some science real quick. In the fashion game, you've got... But by the way, I, I'm not speaking for myself, but everybody's learning a lot right now. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know where the term no man's land comes from? Mm -mm. I, I don't know. No man's land. No man's land comes from World War One. You got trench warfare. Yes. I, I, I know now. I actually, the first time I saw this was on Wonder Woman. Mm. Remember? Mm -mm. You haven't seen Wonder Woman? Mm -mm. Remember? <laughs> there's there's the, the odds yeah. are stacked. There's this big old space, and they can't even walk an inch uh -huh. because of all the, yeah. you know, the opposition. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah. So, there's a trench here, and there's a trench here. Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to watch it. <laughs> So if if anybody were to come in between these two trenches, they're going to be dead. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like in ditches, mm -hmm. you know. So yep. this is called no man's land. Yep. And in fashion, this is very clear how this example works. So over here is H&M, Zara, and let's say Amazon, okay, where the psychology of this, this side is lowest price, most stars, Right? You ever go on Amazon and you hardly make a decision because you just like, oh, five stars, Click. lowest Click. price, order. That's the psychology of this fashion, right? You walk into H&M, it's basically Amazon. Like great quality, lowest price, yeah. buy. That's why, that's why these took over fashion. The opposite end of the spectrum is like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, you know, Gucci, and, uh, uh, Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. You know, things that are, like, very rare or expensive, Yeah. right? So you've got two extremes, okay? This is available. This is always available. 
This is not available. Anything in the middle is dead. Like, if you just try to roll out, like, $40 hoodies, like, it's the hardest thing in the world to sell. People are like, ah, I could get a doper hoodie at H&M for $20. Like, why am I buying your hoodie for $40? Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's no man's land. So when I look at this, the, the motivation space that we're in, I see everything that's available in one trench. Everything's just available. Every podcast, every it's YouTube saturated. video. Yeah. Saturated. And this trench doesn't even exist. So what is it? I said, I'm not going to be available. I made a speakeasy, a, a digital speakeasy, where I deleted every one of my podcasts. I hid it on the internet behind a secret portal. The secret portal you could only find through a secret phone number. The secret phone number, you can't get from me because I don't put it out. You got to know somebody who's on the inside. And if you know somebody who's on the inside, you text a number, it gives you a secret code to a secret portal, and then you're able to get in, and then you feel like an insider. And then you're like, when a podcast comes out, now it feels like it's your podcast because you're the only one who can listen to it, and your normal friends, they can't listen to it. Hey, I, look what I'm listening to. You like, yeah, yeah. you can't, but you can hit me up for the number, though. Exclusive. 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 Give crazy. them social currency. So I created another trench, Without and I called it Quantopia. It's not Charlie Rocket Show. It's called Quantopia. Quantopia. So now they're a quantum citizen. Now it's now it's theirs and not mine. They feel like their ownership of their own little world that they're secret citizens of, and it gives them social currency to their friends. And now they're cooler because now they're listening to a podcast that other people, and that doesn't really happen in podcasts. We see it in fashion. Like, oh, you got them new J's. Like the off-whites. You got the off-white J's. You know, it's like, oh, man, you got something somebody else doesn't have, but that doesn't exist in the helping people space. Mm. So I'm taking what I learned from culture, and I never knew why God put me in hip-hop until recently. But then it hit me. I was like, oh, you wanted me to go to school. And learn how to make things cool. So when I come over here to the helping people space, I know how to make it cool. Because in order to infiltrate the youth who aren't looking for motivation, usually motivated people are looking for motivation. That's right. Yeah. But the people who aren't, they need something cool. So it's like, that's, 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 that's how I'm creating these brands and kind of like reinventing the game. And I'm like the first to pave the way. You know, Absolutely. Do you, do you have any like three, four core principles that you, like, look for before entering or, or developing an idea? Like, obviously, cool. Somebody, what does somebody say? Uh, they're just... Charlie Rocket should be added to one of the success stories, success stories in Think and Grow Rich book. And, <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's and, awesome. Uh, Thank you. I'm in the other office, and I can feel the energy. What's the next name, Charlie? I mean, it's, it's coming. Such gold manifesting your own reality. Uh, Quantopia, that's a sure quantifiable. This dude, Charlie's dropping so many jewels. It's just like coming. You're getting <laughs> mad love. Yeah, 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 it's been, by the you. way, we haven't even told you about all the comments that have been coming. Yeah, that's so why I've been looking at our phone. Because we've been, yeah. you know, we've been zoning in. But yeah. I appreciate this everybody. Is some, like next level. We this is like man. We love this kind of shit. I appreciate y'all letting me talk because a lot of people in this game, like the the podcast game, they look at me as a weight loss story, and nobody ever respects my business mind. But now it's like... I don't like, think we even care about that. Like, no, no, <laughs> we, we care right? about... I mean, we care about We care about, about what's we, going on here right now. You I know? appreciate like, remember that. Remember earlier, like, hey, what can I do for you guys? I'm like, 
put us on this next level mind game. Yeah. Um, Aaron knows. Aaron knows we're always trying to like grow in that area. I appreciate I mean? that because that's what it's there's always us. more than one angle to everything. So yeah. like if, the, if people just focus at you for the weight loss, there's way more to you than that. So I, I don't know who looks at you like I that. I love and he, that y'all are giving me this platform to talk about business. And even, uh, I mean, I mean, I could be on here all day. I think there's so much more to it. I want to ask you something. Did you have any uh, mentors or anybody that kind of helped you along the way? Man, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Um. The people that changed my life were never the people, like, above. The people who changed my life were the people around or below. And I learned early on to not only look up at Mm -hmm. success. I remember, so check this out. This is a really cool story. You know this story. You You know this story. So Travis Porter, my first group, um, we were on the come up. We were getting a little bit of money, just a little bit. We're starting to get shows for like $1,500 here, $1,500 there. And uh, it was time for us to get a better sound. So we needed an audio engineer. We found this kid. He would mix songs for $50. And it was good, too. Wow, it was good. Steal. It was amazing. <laughs> he was really talented. And one day, you I found him on Fiverr. Where'd you write fifty dollars? Like, <laughs> nah, it was it was this uh, there was this um, producer, wow. in uh, College Park, and his name was Mr. Hanky. Um, you know the song in, in California with Young Dolph, in, 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 in California. Anyways, Mr. Hanky, Mr. No. Hanky on the beat. Um, so Mr. Hanky referred us to this kid. Uh, his name was Marcus, and. Uh, I pull up on him at a studio, and he walks out, and it's like sometimes you could just feel energy. Like, like I just saw some pain. I saw some immense pain, and I owed him like $150, $200. And something just told me, like, even though I didn't really have it, something told me, give him $500. And I, I remember how that lady walked up to me and was just like, some, something told me to bucks, give you this. Yeah. So I go up to him, and I'm like, you know, I know I only owe you like 150, but here's here's 500. Something just told me to give this to you, and man, he said, man, you have no idea how much I need this. I said, what's going on? I said, man, I'm homeless. Like I've been sleeping on the couch in this studio. Like I ain't got nowhere to live. I was like, you need a job? He's like, man, that would be great. I remember I'd go pick him up every single day, and I'll drive him to our studio. And at first, the studio was in my mom's basement. He would get so mad at me because he was, like, educated, like, about, like, engineering and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, let's take these little trash cans, flip them upside down, put the speakers on top of them. <laughs> and, like, like we would go to we'd go to Guitar Center together. He would always want to pick out the expensive stuff. I'm like, bro, like, equipment don't do make that. hits. No, no. Like, artists make hits. I've made several top 20 records on a $100 microphone. Like, what do we need all this expensive stuff for? But I'd end up giving in to him. And then he was like, man, we really need to get out of your mom's basement. So we got this little, like... With a grandma drape, right? Yes, with a grandma quilt. Quilt, I'm sorry, With dust everywhere. (laughs) You touch it, dust (laughs) everywhere. So we end up getting this little miniature house. It was a chocolate factory. Uh, miniature house that they used to make chocolate in, and we're going to use that as our studio. It's like $500 a month. Pad all up. We didn't even have money to pad. Um, there was a vent hood where they would, like, bake the chocolate, and there was no stove in there anymore, but the vent hood was there. So we took Grandma's quilt, 
We hung it around the wow. vent hood, and that's the booth. And then the AC went out, so we have like a thousand little floor fans everywhere. In Georgia? We, Oh the yeah! Humidity? Oh, oh my God. God! We'd have to turn off all the fans. <laughs> the in boiler order to... room is there. <laughs> Seriously. So one day, Marcus brings a keyboard to the studio, and engineers usually don't make beats. It's like if you if you saw like him just one day, you know, bring a big old eighty-eight keys keyboard, you would look at him like, "What are you doing, bro? Man? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> He'd be like, "Well, you know, I make beats. Man, you don't know how to make no beat." Say, you know, like, yeah, let me make something. Very first beat he made. Make it rain trick. Make it, make it wow, rain trick. Dang. Top really? 10 record yeah. in the country. Second Marcus? beat. Marcus. Second beat he made. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Oh. Top 10 record in the country. Wow. Third beat he made. Okay, now, ladies. Yeah. Number two song in the country. Marcus gave me more top 10 records than any other producer in the world. Marcus went on to sign Post Malone and Iggy Azalea. Huge. You don't, Marcus. You do not have to look up for success. The people around you and the people below you can change your life as much as a big successful mentor. Yeah. We just got to be looking everywhere for genius mm -hmm. because it's always some broke kid who re replaces some rich successful dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? 100%. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it's like, where are the ones replaced? Like, I was the cameraman who replaced the big executives in Atlanta. And that was that studio right there. Mm -hmm. That was Big Meech's studio. Then it became T.I.'s studio. And then it became mine. And my office was Big Meech's office. You own that studio? Yeah. That's crazy. Like, the cameraman yeah. is sitting in Big Meech's office. That's crazy. Everybody I think I'm every big meat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Larry, Larry, Larry Hoop, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah. So it's like anybody can get it. Yeah. We can't ignore the little dude who's the cameraman. We can't, like Soldier Boy tried me. Like Soldier Boy wish he had to change his career. I surpassed Soldier oh. Boy. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you got to respect everybody. He's over, there, over there doing love and hip hop or something now. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's disgusting. So that's like why we got to respect every people, every person, no matter where, what, what, where they're at on their timeline. Treat everybody uh -huh. equally. And, and what Jay-Z does and, and why he's, you know, a billionaire is because he always says, I'm going to sign who's going to replace me. I'm going to get replaced. Well, that's what he said with uh, J. Was it J. Cole? He said, mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is some hot so, stuff, man. Yeah, yeah man. Do you have any uh, more questions? Because well, I, I don't someone did ask that question. Time. What's the next name for Charlie? Uh -huh. Well, I've had a few names. So anytime I want to like master something, I wanted to learn about self love. So I gave myself a name. Uh -huh. I called myself Charlie Love. Charlie Love. Like, and I went to Bali and I went to Thailand and I'm like learning about self-healing and like giving love. And I just give myself a name and I dress up. I had like the Balinese outfit. Like, yeah. I like dress up as it. Yeah. And then I call myself Charlie Wisdom. And I don't know if y'all noticed, um, a couple months ago, I started doing these Insta blogs where I really started sharing my perspective. And like this wisdom just started coming in. Like, yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah, I like that. I read that this morning. But that, that that's Charlie Wisdom. That's yeah. not weight loss. That's not business. That's no. wisdom. Yeah. But all this stuff started flowing to me when I gave myself the name Charlie Wisdom. Yeah. Started meditating. Then information yeah. just started flowing through me, and I learned how to like 
communicate it out to the world in a very wise way. Yeah. Real quick on uh, I don't know if it was a podcast or interview, but there was a Bali trip that mm-hmm. you said impacted quite a bit. What um, what happened there? Man, a friend of mine, Brandon Collinsworth was seeing me struggle with a lot of things in my life, like self-love and like my weight loss journey. He said, Charlie, I know something you need to know. You just got to trust me. I was like, what's up? It's like, I need you to come to, to the East. He said, in the West, everything is very like material. Everything is very like body image and like status. Yeah. That's the Western culture. He said, in the East, it's very much like love and peace and like energy. I said, man, you know what? I'm desperate. I just trust you. So I went to Bali for three weeks with them. Then when, I went. When to, was this? This was a couple months ago. What were you going through that you were kind of? Were you down a little bit? Man, man, when it came to weight, man, I biked across America. Didn't lose. I'm about forty pounds overweight. I've been this weight for two years. I biked. How, how much do you weigh right now? Probably like one ninety two hundred. That's great. Until you take your shirt off, like you know, like. Well, I mean, those are just your uh, tiger stripes. You know what I mean? You know, it's like when a, you know mm-hmm. my fiance. You know, she has stretch marks. She's carried two right two children of ours. It's, I mean, that's that's so, her. That's and her and what's crazy stripes. right now is like I think I look great. I'm the same weight as I was because I learned. Like Brandon told me something. He was like, "Bro, Charlie, I don't think you understand. Most people with six packs are miserable." Just like you are. He said, the second you post that picture with that six-pack, people are proud of you. And the second you lose that six-pack, people think you fell off. He said, so they're miserable. They can't lose it because that's their identity. Oh, they're fit. Like, they can't lose it. So it's like a gun's to their head, and they're miserable. Yeah. So it's like... And I was like, wow, like, if the people who are overweight aren't happy because they want a six-pack, people who have a six-pack six pack aren't happy. happy. I said, who the hell is happy? The happy medium, right? The happy medium. The only people that are happy are the ones who just like, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. I and you I, said earlier, I love myself. Then, yeah, right? exactly. Know, not too much here, not too much here, right? That's right. And that's what that whole trip was about, was actually right. learning what love was and, like, tapping into it. Are you ever going to take that trip again? Man, what? I can't wait. <laughs> Let's go. Was it like a sem? No, nah, it's just kind of I was just going with with my boy Brandon, and he was teaching me just how to heal. Which, you, went, you went to see a master over there, right? Yeah. So Brandon, Brandon knows, and that was actually in Thailand. Uh, mm-hmm. Went to learn martial arts because the martial artists, it's like very ancient. You know these these ancient you know exercises last thousands of years. It's not like CrossFit comes and goes. Like yeah. no, like yeah. teach me the ancient. What has lasted thousands of years? So I'm learning yoga. I'm learning, you know, Muay Thai. Because it's like I want to learn from these senseis who are, like, balanced. And it's all about balance. And, you know, here in the West, I hear about healing. I think about, oh, that's what girls do. You know, I hear about yoga. Oh, that's what girls do. I think about meditation. That's what women do. It's like it's like there's something from women we can be learning. And I'm, I'm realizing that I was blind like, this isn't girly stuff. Women just know how to heal. We're yeah. warriors. Yeah. Like, us men, we go out and hunt and we go to war. Yeah. But it's like, we need to learn from these women because when I started studying the ancient Egyptians, who ran these kingdoms? The women. They got some sort of secret powers we don't have because we get in our own way. There's a lot we could learn from them. Uh-huh. 
These women are powerful women. They just know something we don't know. So now I'm starting to study. Now I'm looking at women. And I'm looking at all these little quotes and stuff they post on their stories. I know you find, and it's all this like inspirational moon astrology yeah, yeah. energy. Numbers, uh, yeah. And now I'm like actually looking at it instead of skipping through it. I'm like, all these women must know something. Yeah. I'm gonna study women. I'm gonna study. I'm gonna look. Remember when I went vegan? Let me try the one thing I never tried before. It's like now I'm like, oh, like let me do all this stuff like meditation and yoga. Even though I'm terrible at it, let me try. Let me just see what happens. Like, let me get out of my ego. Think I know what I'm talking about? I know nothing. These 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 master senseis, I say, because there's like you know seven eight different master senseis here. I say, who's the best one? He says, everybody's good. I said, there's not a better one. Wow. He said, no, everybody's good. And it's like, isn't in the West we're like, nah, this is the best. Yeah, He's yeah, new. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy's expensive. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's amazing. And uh, you, we were talking over breakfast. You said the way yoga is done in the West is completely oh, man, wrong. I, where the real yoga. Man, this is what tripped me out. It's like, so I'm, I'm able to learn from one of the last living descendants of like the master yoga dude. And who brought yoga back to life. Like this last living descendant. His name is Mark Whitwell. And he was explaining how yoga in the West is gymnastics class. That's not even yoga. He said that's gymnastics. Yoga is about like this breathing spirit connection. It's more like meditation with, your mind, with right? a little bit of mind, with a little bit of movement. But all this crazy like gymnastics stuff, that's why the people who do yoga are good at yoga. But yoga is really like going to church. Everybody should be able to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not like all this handstand stuff. I can't do the handstand. I go to yoga class. I'm like... Y'all are amazing. I can't even, like, bend down. You know, I don't belong here. But then Mark Whitwell's like, no, like, yoga is like meditation. Like, it's this connection that unlocks some more superpowers. Mm. And that's what I'm learning with my energy. Like, we're constantly looking at our phones. We're constantly wired. All these things are dumbing us down. It's taking us into a lower frequency. That's like, you know, that, that, that phone, that phone's not even, what we're looking at is not 3D. It's like 2D. Like we're 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 relying on like a a two dimensional thing like that's flat like that screen is literally flat and everything on it is flat, and we're tapping into that when we should be tapping up. We gotta log into a different type of Instagram. Yes, that connects us to a lot of people, but we're able to connect in a whole different thing. That's that candy. Ex that's come on, man, candy like the algorithms. The algorithms. Oh my God! Are designed What's going on lately? Like, oh. Lately, what's going on? I mean, what's yeah. going on with the algorithm? You've been talking a lot about that on your IG, and mm -hmm. I even reposted some of your stuff where you're like, "I can't." Maybe did that kind of spark you into starting your own thing when, like, when they started shutting? You know, they. One hundred percent. What happened with the algorithm? If you don't mind me asking, it's, it's it's very simple, and they're not doing anything wrong. They're supposed to do what they're, they're doing. They, they they're just own, trying to monetize. They own a business. It's like you can't be mad at McDonald's for selling hamburgers. You just yeah. can't be mad. Yeah. What we got to do is we got to have enough awareness to unlock ourselves and to get over the addiction ourselves. Mm -hmm. So they have an algorithm. That algorithm is meant to keep us on the platform longer. So 
Algorithms are artificial intelligence, a.k.a. machine learning. It's going to learn what you like the most. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to show you what you like the most so you can stay on here longer so you can watch more advertisements. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to feed you some candy. You like candy? Mm -hmm. You like candy? Everybody loves candy. Everybody loves candy. Snickers. So you, you eat the candy. Mm -hmm. Now the machine learning says... Carlos likes candy. I'm so now it, the candy in his face. Now, it, now it's building this world around you. That, that's what algorithms do. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the physical law of attraction. You like candy? Now all this candy pops up. Because the machines know you like it. Mm -hmm. So now everything you're looking at is just so addictive. And it keeps you here more and more. And you're checking your phone 400 times a day. Mm. Because candy start slowing you down, okay? The more you get addicted, the lower your frequency is. Wow. Because now you're, not, now you're not even in your creative mind. You're not even in your connected mind. You're in this addiction mind. And when you're sluggish and you eat too much candy, what do you need to make you feel better? More candy. More candy. Mm. <laughs> A low-frequency person is high revenue for social media corporations. A high-frequency person is unlocked and not looking at their phone and going out into the real world and making change and causing all sorts of problems like Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. They don't want high-frequency people because they go disrupt stuff and they're not on their phone all day. So let's make everybody... controlled. Exactly. So I personally have a social media addiction problem. If you saw my stats on my battery on how much I use social media... It's just not healthy. It's like four or five hours a day. It's like I'm working every day on my addiction, same way I was addicted to food, and I got to overcome it because I'm a much better human but being. But it's a catch-22 because, you know, we're building a brand. You're building a brand. Mm -hmm. So you got to get yourself out there. Yep. You got to put yourself out there. And the quickest way to connect with a bunch of people right now, unfortunately, social is through social media. It's a catch-22. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about responsibility. It's all about Master Sensei. How long does it take to post a video? Uh, minute something, but yeah, not four hours for sure. Upload, yeah. What gives people value the video? Like, I've had to compromise. I used to respond to every comment. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing that no more because it's not even deep enough. I could be taking that same amount of time and go deep out in the real world uh -huh. because responding to a comment with a little 100 emoji, like, that's not deep. So, it's like pressing upload on a video takes 30 seconds, but it's engagement. Right? You I, engaging back to your audience. Hey, let me ask you a question. Is it possible to have massive significance in the world and not have social media at all? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Name some people who have done it. Gandhi. 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 Uh, Martin, Martin Luther King. King. Uh, I mean, if you want to go way back, you know, maybe JFK. JFK, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. Does human nature still exist? Absolutely. In the same exact yeah. form of... Humans talking to each other, spreading ideas, blah, 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 if social media doesn't exist. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, yes, upload that video. But it's really about real-world significance. Mm -hmm. That's what makes things spread. There's not too many people who are changing the world yeah, by right. pressing upload to 20 pieces of micro-content a day. The stuff that's changing the world or stuff we're doing in real life. Just report about it on social media. But I'm not into the strategy of, like, let's upload more than everybody else. 
That's let's a, yell kind of a more. Gary Beach strategy. It worked for him. Yeah. But it's also like a life trap because what happens when you stop uploading more than everybody else? Somebody else uploads more than you and you lose your audience. Mm-hmm. So I don't want that life trap. I want real world significance. Mm-hmm. That doesn't die. See, I think that that's deep. That yeah, this is deep, actually yeah. we have had meetings about this because the more and like the, that's what the perception is leading us to. So sometimes the perception makes you do something, and now like because you're so stuck in that perception. But but let, let's be honest though, it is a much slower g- brand growth process. But it doesn't matter because his uh, it makes him disconnected. It doesn't make him. It's, it's, from what I understand, is social media makes you not present. It's it's, it's actually holding me do, down. The less you do, the more yeah, present yeah, you become. Yeah. Yeah. If I had my perfect world, I would. I wish I was in the the place to do this, but I'll turn my my page into a fan page. Let somebody just report what I'm doing in real life, and I wish I did not have any social media on my phone. I'm happier without it. Mm-hmm. I'm a better human being to my family. I I spend present. my time yeah. giving love to people. I'm going to fill my time up with something. Yeah. Right now, I'm filling it up with just knowledge of just like notification, notification. It's not uh, it's not a high ROI. Yeah. Where when I don't have social media, I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to think about since I'm not thinking about notification, notification, notification? Mm-hmm. Well, here's an idea. Or let me call my mom. Or like, oh, like, let's draw something like and get creative. Or let's create that video. That By the way, who, who out there agrees? Uh, do I got the middle camera here? Middle camera? Yeah. All right. Who out there agrees with what he just said about social media? Because we live in a digital age. Mm-hmm. We live in a di- digital age, yeah. and everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, and and everybody in this room is probably in some way, shape, or form guilty, right? We're all we all guilty. have at least a phone, or some people have two. Yeah, we're all guilty. <laughs> I'll tell you who spends the least amount of social media on here is probably Sal. I'm jealous. Don't be. <laughs> Sal, show him, uh, pull up your screen time for Instagram. Let him see it live right now. I want, I want, I want to see this. Everybody, pull up their Instagram right, screen let's time. See. This is, this is, this is good. Let's see. I don't even know how to get there, but here. Go to settings. settings. <laughs> Insights. I'm five minutes on Instagram. No, do uh. That's settings. amazing. Activity. Uh, uh, where? Where no, where is it? Settings. Uh, privacy. Ooh. Where do I go? For the activity? week, I'm at 11 hours on the week on social networks. Can you check mine, brother? I don't even know where to check it, to be honest with you. Screen time? For the week. Screen time. And then oh, on your, see on activity? Yeah. So your social network for the week, 15 hours. 15 hours for the week? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's more than you? I'm at 11 hours on the week. Uh, my week for Instagram is 12 minutes. What? Okay. No, stop. I'm not. Stop. I'm Stop. So no. your Instagram is nine hours. My Instagram is is um, three hours. So I spend a lot of time on IG. Yeah, My week has been 12 minutes. For so for the week, I'm at six hours. Six hours? So yeah. let's take But I'm six. probably the most busiest well, actually, in that. Six times four, week. and that's 24. That's a part-time job. What is Sal at? Can you check Sal real quick? Well, no, no, six <laughs> hours. You can't count because I'm on the on the live. It's still low. No, six hours a week. Uh, that's what the He's at 12 count. minutes. 12 minutes. Sal has spent 12 minutes on Instagram? This week. It says six hours a, a, a week. So what's that? Six hours a week? Less than an hour a day. 12 minutes. He yeah. Finished. Last seven days, six hours. Okay. <laughs> Get good. him his picture. Pretty healthy. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> but see. That's Sal. Hold on. Let me see yours. Here you can. 
That means that you're operating at the highest the frequency out of all of us. Well, see, see, and that's why I said you shouldn't be. But your time, your time, am I right or wrong? Is completely uh, dedicated to the creativity. Exactly. So of now, now oh, well, it's, it's only counting four days. So you're, d- 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 you're two hours a day. Yeah, you're two hours a day. So that's uh, that's still, still a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's but another that's, that's thing pretty to, good. To, to, to learn from this. So even though I'm the the lowest one, mm-hmm. there is I have my vice. Mm. See, what just like you said, and this is crazy because we never thought about this. Think about it. You said when you're not doing this, mm. you gotta think about calling doing your mom, doing, doing else, other so. things that, and you know, I don't do that enough, right? I don't, I don't think we, I don't think I do at all. I don't call my mom at all. Exactly. I, I mean, she lives with me though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I call my mom here. <laughs> and there. I see her every day. That's okay. Love her, talk to her. <laughs> I haven't talked to my mom in like four days, and she called me literally before uh, I come downstairs. She was just asking about me, and I I felt bad because. You know, the Arab culture, we live with our family for a long time mm-hmm. until we get married. And finally got married and left. And, like, she feels that void, right? And I feel horrible. I feel so bad that, you know, every chance I have, even though, like, my time is limited. And, like, you know, I'm not, it shouldn't be. Like, you know, when there's a, a weekend or a Sunday, where I try to go in there and visit. Mm-hmm. But I still feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that, even though I do, like, right now it's showing I do 12 minutes on IG, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, you're like, okay, so he has a lot of time to go and connect. <laughs> you still but don't. guess what? We create our own vice, especially as business owners. Now, now, like this is your topic that you probably would can be, elaborate. Yeah. yeah, can elaborate on, right? People look at you as a weight loss guy, and like you know the social media now, and you know you have to you make impact on commercials. But then your business mind, right? When you're not doing this, you are focused on business. Charlie, Charlie, CEO Charlie was mm. focused on business. Which how much consume? How much time did that consume? And that includes its vices too. Yeah, man, it's. Well, I'll tell you this. When I disconnect completely from social media, um, I, 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 I did things. So I deleted social media for two weeks about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Just deleted the app off my phone. And I was like, I'm bored. So I drove to Joshua Tree. And then I was like, I'm just going to go catch the sunset in Joshua Tree. Then I was like, I'm like closer to Sedona, so I'm just going to drive to Sedona. But <laughs> CEO Charlie wouldn't have done that. No, CEO Charlie wouldn't have done that. Char- Charlie, Charlie Rocket Char- does. Charlie Wisdom, Charlie who is now Charlie like Love. into like yeah. healing, is like, okay, w- this sucks me into a vortex of like, just like I don't even know where my day went, and it really like drains my energy as well because every dopamine shot and like the adrenal glands mm. like really like stay stimulated by like each piece of information because for me it's exciting, like I get love. So I'm like secretly drained from looking at my phone because my adrenal glands have been working all day because I'm excited. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm tired. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I let it go, I'm like, okay, let me go into the healing or let me like, I'm trying to be more responsible. But like I said, I would love to not be on social media. But see, what if you're a workaholic? So let's call it CEO Sal Mm -hmm. mode is on because I'm not on Instagram. So check this out. They say no habit is 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 deleted. It's only replaced. So you just wow. you just replacing like I replaced food addiction with like exercise addiction. I'm biking across America eight hours a day. That's like good. extreme. Yeah. I just I just went from one addiction to the next. So you don't have that addiction, but you have another addiction. And it's like I want to be addicted to things like healing myself. How can I get addicted to that? So you, you want to leave the other stuff and like compensate for that time. You wanna you wanna develop the the right addi- addictions. That's right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Bef- you want to? Before we yeah, wrap it I, up? I have a uh, just one last thing. Uh, so that camera's on you. If uh, if if you were to speak to yourself, you know, ten years, you know, two thousand seven, October fourth, maybe somebody going through something similar or trials and tribulations, like what would you tell that person? All right, bro. So this is what's going on. All right, we're going back. We're going back in time real quick, brother, young little Charlie. You're not going to understand this right now, but you got to trust me. Don't listen to anybody from the future because it's going to mess you up. And if they save you from any of the mistakes you make, you're not going to be blessed. So don't listen to anybody who comes from the future and tells you to do something different. Make every single mistake because everything you aren't is everything that you are. So it's like that Kanye West quote, everything I'm not made me everything I am. So the fact that I wasn't fit, that's why you're going to be a Nike athlete. The fact you failed so much is going to prepare you for when you have to leave your business. Like you're used to failure. You're not afraid to start over. You're going to be fearless. So don't listen to anybody from the future. Make every single mistake and just always know God's got you. Mm. God's got you. Wow. Love it. One, one more question. Uh, what's your favorite type of color door? Color door, pink door, Quantopia. If you want the phone number, you just got to find somebody who's in Quantopia. Uh, <laughs> that was good. I think, uh, I think, I mean, I think it's a wrap. This is, uh, man. I gotta shake your hands. Thank, you, show hands. thank y'all. Bro. Thank y'all for trusting me and believing in brother. me. For sure, we appreciate you, man. We got so greatly. much love for you, man. Yeah, thank greatly, you. Like, yeah. you have that utmost respect from this. Oh yeah, over here. The impact is, yeah. is is. I'm gonna start paying really close. I know you're not gonna be on the the grid a lot, but uh, you know, I'm gonna try to get my hands on the Quantop- Quantopia uh, Mar- phone number. Marty in, maybe I could hook you up. Wait, you're oh, in. Oh, you're yeah. in. And an Aaron too. Pink door. Pink okay, door. Aaron, okay. okay. I mean, how come we don't know about this? Get, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's it's a secret. Secret. Secret oh, citizen. Look at that. Put secret citizen. Yeah, man. Put us on. I'm not giving it to anybody anyway. No, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I, I mean, episode 29, Mr. Charlie Rocket, man. Thank yeah. you so much, brother. What Thank a blessing. you. This what was, was fire. Thank yeah. you, guys. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>